BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Friday Eve, Friday Eve, happy Thursday, everybody, February 16th, welcome in, hope you're doing well out there, thanks for hanging out with us, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis with you, boys, how we doing, how we feeling, fellas? Good, 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 I'm feeling pretty good, man, I'm a little tired, man, but feeling pretty good, you know what I'm saying, about the future, the future of the birds. Okay. All right, good. That's uh, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off. I'm, I'm getting off this, 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 the whole loss and everything. I'm starting to, you know, internalize it and, and move on now. Okay. So it was like tough that. for a minute. I like that, Gunner. Where? How about you? You're, you, you're not, you're not in the, uh, the pain that Barrett and I are in. But so, no. where are you at on this, uh, on this Thursday? Four days after the fact, I'm at peace and one with nature again. <laughs> I'm back to where I was. Back to what I promised you guys I would try to be, a better version of myself. Although you two continuously attack me, I will not allow you to to bring me down. I feel your pain, but I do not suffer in the same manner in which you do. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you. There is nothing we can do to change the past. Only move forward, my friends. Therefore, therefore looking ahead. Sun's sake. Philosopher Derek Gunn. Yeah. Therefore, instead of some say some say gun. That's what you are. Some oh. say gun instead of some say gun. Some say gun. Yeah. Sense. He's not a sense. <laughs> no. Therefore, looking ahead, the days are much brighter than looking behind, where it's dark and dreary. Okay. No, yeah. that's blasphemy. I'm not trying to switch sides. I'm never. What do you mean blasphemy? Wait, oh, who said young that? young gamer said I switch sides of KC. No, no, <laughs> I was like the shirt. It's a polo. I like they're trying to they, they're trying to, they're poking at you, bear. They poke see bear. Yeah, they're trying they're to trying to, poke, trying to poke the bear. Yeah, so start with me already, man. Well, bear, two o'clock. You can't you can't let it get you. Yeah. Sirianni and and uh, and Howie are going to be speaking, so we'll we'll get read you know whatever would they end up what they say we'll relay it we'll pass it on. Yeah, you know, there's a. There's so many questions, man. Like, first of all, what happened in the second half? 
Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the field conditions? What are your thoughts on the Bradbury penalty? And, and I th- I'm sure they'll take the high road on the latter two questions. But, you know, it, it's it's not an easy thing to explain away how you're up 24-14 at the half and you give up, you know, that many points and you get worked like that in the second half. You can't get a pass rush. You can't run the ball. You can't stop the run. What what the heck happened, man? So Right, I, right. And where do you go from here? You lost two of your assistants, two, two coordinators, not just two assistants, two coordinators and maybe more. And who's going to replace them? These are Howie questions, but Nick as well, uh, you know, for sure. So, man, a lot to dive into here. Right, you know, right. You know, I'm, uh, I'm getting curious what they say. Nick, Nick has said, Nick has said uh, he's had a plan in place. Is that not correct? Did he not? Yep. Who told us that yesterday? Didn't he say Nick? Oh, Nick, Dave. Nick mentioned this during Nick. the season. Yeah, yeah, that he has a plan yeah. in place. I trust in I trust in Nick to see the future and and to make make everything feel okay. Yeah, it yeah. may well, not be yeah. it may not be who we think it should be or who we want it should be, but let us remember this organization has made some some moves and decisions in in the past, and we all sat there going, huh? And turned out to be for the better. Has it or has it not? Oh, listen, I, yeah, I so. up until the Super Bowl, I, I felt in terms of Nick's coaching, yeah, I thought he was ten steps ahead of everybody he coached against. Honestly, exactly, guy. exactly. Except, except um, a couple teams. Well, t- t- take it, take it a step further. Go back to when they hired this staff. They hired Sirianni, of course, and then he brings in Gannon. He yeah. brings in Steichen and. You know, one of the things that I, I, one of the critiques I had of that was other than Statland, there wasn't a lot of veteran coaches. There weren't anybody, there wasn't anybody on the staff who um, had had coaching experience previously. And I thought that was a mistake. I wanted him to have somebody that he could, you know, bend the ear of, you know, and pick their brain and ask them about where they had been. Um, So I thought that was a mistake. Now, in hindsight, Obviously, he got it right with coordinators, you know, in a big way. I'll question the special teams coordinator, but he got it right with the offensive and defensive coordinator and most of the coaching staff. So, and not just Nick, I'm talking about Howie too. They got it right. What they can't have happen is what we saw happen to Andy, what we saw happen to Doug Peterson when Reich, you know, left. They didn't do a great job collectively, whether that was Doug or whether that was the organization of replacing those guys. That's going to be the major question. We've dipped into, do they just go internally? Do they go outside? You know, we don't know. I think we're all in agreement. Brian Johnson looks pretty much like a lock. I don't know about Denard Wilson. I, I think when it comes to the defensive coordinator, it behooves them to scour the countryside and weigh all the pluses and minuses of who who is possibly available compared to the guy they have in-house and then make a decision. Um you know, we, we, we have constantly compared every defensive coordinator they've had after Jim 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 Johnson, rest his soul in peace. Yep. You know, um, and I think it's unfair to ever think that we may see another Jim Johnson come through this organization. <clears throat> but we've had some guys come through that have been okay. Not, maybe not great, but okay. Um, Gannon was blessed to have – Talent like he's never seen before, coupled with a schedule that was very favorable for them, and they went out and did what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. okay? They bullied most teams they played against, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. 
it it blew up because you went up against the best of the best. And I don't think there's anybody who watches football closely. I don't care if you're the novice fan or the avid fan that can disagree with the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the new goat in the NFL. And when you think about it, you look at some of the championships that Brady won in new England, they didn't have lockdown defenses, but they had Brady and they won. They found ways to win. Now, Considering what how he's been able to do with this roster the last two years, coupled with the fact that they, the organization, Jeffrey Lurie, brought in another coach that we all sat there, head coach that we all sat there and wondered initially, what's he doing? It's turned out from Andy Reid to Chip Kelly to Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni, he's hit home runs. Would we agree or disagree? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, we, there's been some questionable decisions made in, in position coaches, yes. But the bottom line, it starts with the head guy. They put the head guy in place. So whatever they decide to do, I think, I think Brian Johnson has earned the chance to be a, an offensive coordinator. If everything that I'm hearing from in-house is accurate about this guy and the national pundits who have said, this guy is the next rising star among coaches in the National Football League, then that tells me he deserves at least a chance. It may be a one-year chance. We don't know. But at least we have an opportunity to find out. Defensively, that's a little bit trickier situation. Have they said that, though? Have they said that Brian Johnson is the leading candidate? No. No, no. no, no. I'm I'm assuming that, yeah. I mean, assuming, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. But it is. It's totally an assumption. That's it. But – it, it's it should be it's a fair assumption. Mm-hmm. If this guy is as as good as, as we keep hearing, now the national pundits who have said this are guys who cover this stuff in. closely. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. they're at the combines, they're at the they're at the the, the 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 senior bowls, so they they talk and they know you know. So if they say it, I have to go by what they say for right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Adam yeah. Schefter said it. Adam Schefter said that. Uh, He's the leading candidate, and it's all but a done deal. But I'll, I'll see when it happens. Hey, and I mean, I'm, I'm Adam Schefter. Heck, what happens? What did D Gun tell you on Monday? Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I go by D Gun. Me no too. Me too. But um, in, in saying that, man, like defensively, I understand that everybody wants the late and great Jimmy Johnson, and blitzing is the uh, nature in which he um right he 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 played his defense. That's what Spags is. Spags is one of uh those disciples. That's right. You know, so he blitzes a lot. Is that necessarily a style that we need here in Philly, though? You know what I'm saying? With the people that we have here in Philly. Correct. Correction, um, Barrett. Had. Well, you had. Yeah, had. Yeah, well, no, yeah. I said no, I said have oh. because I, I'm no longer thinking that, oh. you know, I know everybody's talking about CJ, GJ, and Hargrave and all that. Well, at this, at this point, I can't assume they're going to be on the team. True. That's true. So oh, what yeah. we have is Jordan Davis, who I, I think he's going to come out of the shell and be a, a, a really good player. I still have a lot of faith in him. Uh, he was able to sit back and watch, you know what I'm saying? It's not – you don't usually get that from a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. But we had players in front of him that were, you know, pretty damn good. So I understand that Linville Joseph, uh, Dominican Sue, Fletcher Cox, and Hargrave, he couldn't break the lineup. You know what I'm right. saying? So I understand right. that he just couldn't break the lineup. So he will be okay. N'Kobe Dean is going to be good. He's going to fall into his place where he needs to be at. Um Ellis is going to be all right at the linebacker position. Thank you. Oh. I, just, not. Oh. <laughs> I thought you'd give me just like a little, hey, you got it today, got it today man. I, I know you're a little worried. Right, right. right. <laughs> Slay is still here. So we, we're going to say Slay is still here. 
Um, but you look at, you know, you look elsewhere on that defense. I mean, it's not a lot. Milton Williams would be cool. I really believe Derek Barnett might come out of the shell and understand. Now he can't be playing around. He's got to go. Patrick Johnson's still here. Um, Sean Bradley was was a special team extraordinaire. Maybe he cracks the defensive lineup also, becomes that, that guy. I, I have a lot of faith in Zach McPherson. Kayvon Wallace showed me a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he gets in. Reed Blankenship played a hell of a, you know, played well for a guy that came in, would just put in and slot it in, especially with him being a free agent. I mean, um, he coming in a, um, a free agent, sign him, and he stays on the team. Right. Uh, Josh Job, they say he's pretty good. Josiah Scott went through his bumps and bruises. Like we said, Christian Ellis. Uh, Kyron Johnson, draft pick from, 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 the Kansas, uh, from the Kansas Jayhawks. Linebacker, he has some potential. Uh, who else? I mean, they, no, have, I, they have players. Marlon Tuipolotu, he's still here. They have pieces in place, but right, who are we going to bring in to organize these guys, put these guys in a play? True. To, 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 yeah, to, you know, and we just, frankly, we just don't know, right? We yeah, don't know who's yeah. coming in. We don't know how those guys are going to respond. It's their time. We'll see, you know, how, how that ends up, uh, how that ends I, up happening. I, um, I think the biggest travesty is that this particular defense did not finish the mission it yeah. started out on to go down as one of the greatest, to go down, to, to complete the mission of being the greatest defense in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles and to be arguably one of the best defenses ever in National Football League. It failed to complete that mission because it was a total flop in the biggest game, the biggest signature moment of the season. And unfortunately, there are going to be significant changes to the point next year because we were so spoiled this year. I think we're going to be more critical. I don't care who they bring in. I think we're going to be a little bit more critical because it's got to get younger. It has to get younger. And as Barry just said, there's a lot of young pieces still here, but now they're going to be, have to step up. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to keep a couple guys. There's no question about that. How is he going to find a way to keep a couple guys? Like, it starts with CJ. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. If it's just that, I don't know if you're ever going to see a defense as as productive as this defense was over 17 games. Well, you know, look, know. At this, look at the gun, the in the stream. You know, this, ew, McFear. Uh, I, I understand. Reason I'm saying these guys, the reason yes. I spoke on these guys, because these are the guys are only one on the roster now. Yes. These are the guys that are they they have contracts, and before we can go forward, we got to understand that these are the guys that are going to replace. Until we bring in guys, we sign guys. Yes. That, um, that are, so you gotta, you can't think of, you can't think of CJGJ anymore as being a Philadelphia Eagles. He's not a Philadelphia Eagle right now. He might outprice himself exactly. uh, out of the Eagles organization. He led the NFL, was tied in the NFL with 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 with, with uh, interceptions. So the likelihood of him coming back is slim, very slim. And I know we want him. I want him. In fact, he's my number one, number one A. Guy, we need to sign hit both him and Hargrave one and one A. But the likelihood of us signing these two back, their production is kind of out, out. The cost to bring them in is a lot higher than I think they'll be willing to pay for them to be here. Because when you sign this quarterback, a lot of the realization has to become: all right, we can't sign as many guys we used to sign. We can't go in with the with the motive of what we did this year. But all right, we're just gonna get. If we were just looking for one run stopper when Davis went down, we could have got two because we had the salary cap to do it. We had the room to do it. We got Adamson Sue and Linville Joseph because we weren't paying a quarterback real quarterback money. So 
we got to be real, very realistic in how we approach this offseason now because they've got to sign uh, their franchise quarterback. Well, they must sign their franchise quarterback. And that's still in the air also. Mm-hmm. That's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. That's not even done yet. So there's so many things that have to take place first before you even think about saying you to Zach McPherson because he might be lined up as a starter week one. <laughs> Thank you. And I and I and Barrett, I think what James Bradbury said the other day about himself spoke volumes in terms of for everybody who is now a free agent on that team, except maybe Brandon Graham. I ain't playing for cheap. I'm not gonna play for cheap. That's exactly what he should have said. Yep. After the season he's coming off of, CJ. You know, all these, Kazir White, TJ Edwards, all of them, Javon Hargrave, yeah, all of them. Yeah. I'm not playing for cheap. Well, see, the what would you? Well, yeah, I mean, they bet on themselves and had a great year. I told you, know you guys, I told you guys many times, one of my favorite sports movies of all time is North Dallas 40, 40, which is a comedy movie, Nick Nolte, Mac Davis. And at the end of the movie, when Nick Nolte finds out he's gotten busted by the team who had a, a private investigator following him for a week leading up to the big game, he looks at the head coach and says, how can you do this to me? We're not the team. They're the team. We're just the jock straps, the helmets, and the shoulder pads, and all they do is write us off as a depreciation. That's one of the best lines I've ever heard pertaining to football. Yes, the rules have changed. The players have changed in terms of size and speed, but that concept will be true as long as there's professional sports and not just football. You are nothing more than a commodity. They buy and sell you. All you are. And so if you're that commodity, you it's imperative. If you have the wherewithal and the talent and you put up the numbers, you put yourself in a position to make as much as you can while you can because that, sh- that is so short-lived in your lifetime. And once your playing days are over, you got another 30, 40, 50 years to live to provide for yourself and a family, and especially in a sport where the statistics have consistently shown 80% of the workforce ends up broke. If you can make all you can while you can, and I know fans get hurt, he's disloyal. He left us. He's a businessman. The company's a businessman. They make business decisions. The players make business decisions. As much as you don't want to see them go, I don't blame them one bit for getting as much as they can when they can. I really don't. Yeah, I, is, I, could, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree. You get, you're, that, there's a reason why there's a system and you become a free agent. And then you yes. have a right to, to go play and get as much money as you can get. There's no doubt about that. Um and, yeah. and, and Epstein, Epps does not suck. Epps is pretty good. Who, who said Epps sucks? A lot of people don't like Epps because they didn't think he was a playmaker. But he he his role wasn't necessary to be a playmaker. He made a lot of tackles. He made a lot of plays. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know necessarily what you mean by play. Did he, was he an interception guy? They don't really put him in a position to be an no. interception guy. No. He wasn't that guy. They let CJGJ roam around and play instinctually. And you know who was backing him up to make sure he could go around and play instinctually? Was Marcus Epps. He had to cover his back a lot of the times. And that's if you don't have a guy like, like Rodney McLeod was always there to back up yes. with Mike, uh, with, 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 um, with, what's his name? Um, oh my goodness. Uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins could do. Malcolm Jenkins could roam around and play that. We used to call it a, uh, 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 you know, he, he was he's more so a, a hybrid safety linebacker s type of player. We used to call it the Joker. We called it the Joker back when I was in high school. But a guy that didn't necessarily play safety, but he didn't necessarily play linebacker either. He can go make plays because he had a guy in the back um, over the top that would cover him, and that's exactly what was going on. Epps wasn't able to make those plays because he let allowed C.J. G.J. to go make those plays. 
you know, Barry, when you we had this debate on this on this very show back in June, and you brought up the fact that when when, when we were projecting who would be play, young players to step up in 2022, one of the first names you brought up was Epps, and you said exactly. Epps is going to ball out. And I sat here and I said, I don't know, B. Brooks, I, I I I'm not sold on Epps. And I tell you what, after this season, um, I feel better about him moving into a more prominent role. Now he yep. may not be. He may not be a pro bowler, but the dude can flat out run. He can hit. He's, you know, they're very, like yep. I said, hitting is not a major criteria for DBs in today's NFL. This dude will come up and stick you in the numbers. He'll put his body on the line. Does he have some flaws in his game? Yes. But I tell you what, I feel better about him being here more so than it being a void. If CJ leaves, he may have to be one of your starters. And people may continuously compare him in 23 to CJ, which is unfair. But I think he can hold down whatever they ask him to do. I think he can hold it down. People are talking about he sucked. He can't cover tight end. He can't do this. Why don't you talk about what he could do? He can run with receivers. He's not a bad cover guy. He can tackle. Yes. He's one yes. of the few. He's one of the few sure tacklers they had on that defense. One they of the few. They said, "Oh, he um, uh, Kelsey beat uh, beat him on that touchdown." Well, shit. Kelsey beat everybody on them touchdowns. Kelsey beat dudes in future Hall of Famers. Well, that, right. That's the part that drives you a little right. bit crazy, right, about the Super Bowl in general. You right. hate the way it went. You hate the way the second half went. I'm still ticked off at the field and you know, everything else. But it was Mahomes and it was Kelsey. Like, you, you know, it's hard to – and Andy Reid on top of it. All three are lock Hall of Famers. All three do this to everybody pretty much. Right. It, it, it's, you know, it, it's not like you, you went out there and just got upset by some team that didn't have any business being. Exactly. It doesn't, I know it doesn't ease the pain. I'm just saying, like, there has to be an ounce of, of like, reality sort of brought into this thing, too. You don't think, you don't think Brian Dawkins got beat? Ed yeah. Reed? Troy Palomalo? And yeah. people think that Brian Dawkins was a good cover safety. Brian Dawson wasn't that cover safety. Brian Dawson was that Swiss Army knife that you could put him anywhere. He was he was rarely in situations where he was covering a guy one on one because that's not his game. His game was to come up there and light you up. His game was to go out there and blitz. His game was to make impact plays. That's what that's what he was. They didn't want him covering. You know, what I'm saying? not to say that he couldn't, but they just didn't want him covering. He was a straight line guy. He would knock your head off. Right. He would make he would blitz you. He would do things extraordinarily well but covering was wasn't wasn't one of those things you know what i'm saying they didn't ask right. him to do that and and jimmy the late and great jimmy johnson he's he, he he would let you know that hey i put my guys in great positions we needed somebody to make a play yes. i look the b dog to make it yeah i look the b dog to make it well said well said um all right so look the 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 free agents here we'll just kind of dive into the defense thing now i guess well uh, the free agents are hargrave i'm talking about heavy headers here like the big yep. boys Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Sue Joseph, interior. Yep. Brandon Graham on the, on the edge. Your linebackers, uh, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White. Your back end, uh, Epps, Bradbury, Gardner Johnson. All right, so the odds just of that group of, I would say even like four of them being back are slim. Yes, very slim. So, you know, you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, um, you mean, depending on what happens with Slay, uh, it's hard to, to envision Bradbury and Slay both being back at that kind of money that, that Bradbury's going to command. 
CJ Gardner Johnson, did you just say, hey, man, he is priority, man. He gets interceptions, he hits, we're bringing him back. Okay, I could buy yeah, that. Plus a, another year in the system? Yeah, I buy that. You put I, him I, in? Yeah, I buy you make him one of the highest, if not the highest paid safeties. I, I, I buy that. Me too, me too. Um, Edwards, I don't think is going to crush you financially. I no, can see I that. No. I can see him coming back. Yep. Um, You know, and that, that's where it gets tough for me. Like, I don't think Kaiser White's back. I don't think... Sue or Cox or Joseph Hargrave, I, you know, you could toss a coin as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. I'd love to have him back, but what's he going to command? He's still 30. He's not old, old. He's like middle-aged NFL and the guy had double digit sacks. Someone's going to give him or offer him, I think a ton of money. They're definitely going to give, offer him a ton of money, man. You, you know, he's, he just, he just played in the Super Bowl, Right. And that's what we're not, we're not, we're not really seeing what weight that carries. That's what teams do. They go in and they cherry pick the best, two best there teams in the league. That's go. why two of our coaches are gone. Guys like CJ GJ. I mean, I keep people keep saying sign CJ GJ. Yeah, I want him back. To me, he's going to be an explosive player. He's, he's probably he's young. Be the best. Yes, you know what I'm saying. But the mere fact that we're talking about a guy just leaving the super, um, playing the Super Bowl, and was tied for first in interceptions. Just puts his market value probably out of reach yeah, for the true. Eagles. And not only that, Barrett. Who have to pay the quarterback. Not only that, Barrett, he finished tied for the interception. How many games did he miss? Right. Four, four games? Yeah, what, yeah. four games? And he still finished tied for the league. You know what that market value is worth when his agent sits down and, and dangles him in front of the other teams? When, he dang, when they dangle him in front of other teams, they're going to say, look, look what this guy can do. This guy can cover as a slot corner. And he can play safety and yep. play safety well. He learned his run fits. He was a hybrid player for this Eagles team. They put him everywhere, and he was able to instinctually play all these positions. That's just making his worth go up and up and up and up and up. It's just going to be tough for them to sign him back. That's why I'm not, I'm not really, you know, excited about talking about him coming back because I know what NFL teams do. They want to go out there and get the best. And right now, CJGJ is one of the best guys on the market for all the things that he can do and where they can plug him in at. Yeah. So just just an FYI for just to add to the conversation here, the Eagles are expected to interview Vance Joseph for the Good. defensive coordinator position. Do your due diligence. Uh, that, yeah, that's uh, according to uh, Josina Anderson. Um, so go ahead. Go ahead I'm, so, I'm sorry, Rob. And just to add to what Barrett is saying about CJ. Do you realize how much more money that one hit he put on Pacheco is worth? Oh. One hit is worth yeah. a couple more million one dollars hit. to him. Yes. That no one question. hit. And on top of that, the open field tackle he made on Pacheco, because that would have been a touchdown if he had not made that tackle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, so those two plays, you know how much that has increased his well, open he, market value? If you point to two guys, right, who, who were – who, although Jalen has one year left, but two guys who helped get this up paid even more – Jalen and CJGJ. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Robert. Hey, hey, uh, Robert M. I do. I know a hell of a lot more than you do. So, I mean, if we're talking about a game. You're playing in a game. You can predict games. I was making my honest assessment. You don't give an assessment, so your opinion doesn't count, brother. <laughs> I know a lot more than you do, partner. <laughs> what is he talking about, man? I don't. I can't listen. I can't listen to some of this stuff. What is this dude man? talking about, man? I, I will tell you this. Football? He probably didn't know the difference between cover two, cover three, or anything else. Go tell me what I know. You know what I'm saying? What position does he really play? What position was he playing on on those plays he made the plays? You don't even know he wasn't playing safety partner. He was playing in the in the nickel corner position partner. 
I hate when people I, just talk crazy, man. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, I, I give I, my assessment on what I think is going to happen. After let some of it go, after let some of it go, Bear. They, they, a lot of them don't understand. If I make a comment, it's because I get it firsthand information. If you make a comment, it's because you played the game twelve years. You're all that film I've been watching, yeah. everything else, man. I mean, well, I, was I supposed to know the field was going to be shitty? And well, on I top, I was supposed to know that too, right? Uh, and on top of that. How many of the national pundits who make eight, nine, ten, fifteen million a year predicted the Eagles would blow the Chiefs out in the right. Super Bowl? Right. A whole lot of national Look, pundits. We, we traffic in opinions, man. And, and that's sometimes you're yeah, wrong exactly. and sometimes you're right. Uh, you're right. You're, you're right, not right, gonna right, hit right. everyone. And, and look, that goes. Yeah. I, are they reaching out? Are they reaching out to all the Jimmy Johnsons and and and, and the Terry Bradshaws and all these people who picked Eagles to win by double digits in the Super Bowl? There were right. very few people who were in me and Rob's boat when we both said consistently, I don't see this game as a blowout, you know. Right. We, you, you guys said that. People. You guys said yeah. that. My my score, my score was was 26 to 20. That was my national score. That's what yeah. I thought it was going to be 26 to 20. See, people, the game people, just didn't play out the way I thought it was going to play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, it, and, and it goes to show you also the best team on paper doesn't all, all necessarily win. You got to play the game. Right. You have to play. That's, I mean, did the seventeen? Did anybody on the planet expect the undefeated Patriots to lose to a ball team, the Giants, in that Super Bowl game twenty? No, <laughs> no, it happens. Yep. Yeah. Listen, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um. Well, listen. Here's what we have coming up. So, as I mentioned, uh, Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman are speaking it too. So we'll tell you everything that they they were talking. Jonathan Gannon's talking now in his introductory press conference. In Arizona, we'll see if he addresses Hot the Super Bowl at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a, a quality rant. Ruxy, boom. Um, <laughs> two o'clock. Mike Quick is going to be joining us, who called the game with Merrill Reese. We'll get Mike's impressions of what went down in that game. Uh, One thirty. Derek Bodner. Sixers finished their first half of their season last night, uh, a game where they were they were cruising, and that became a sweat, but they survived. So we'll talk to uh, Derek Bodner at 1.30. So we got a lot to do. We'll come back. I'll give you a little update on the turf from the guy who who, who designed the turf himself. Mm-hmm. We'll get a Lane Johnson update. We'll, we'll dive into a couple little odds and ends, and I'll ask you the question, are the Eagles still the odds-on favorite from the NFC to get to the Super Bowl next year? You know, it's tough to repeat. We know how that, that team that loses has that hangover effect, and they have a lot of – a lot of questions here with free agents, coaching changes, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll dive into that. We'll do the offense in a little bit. Uh, as I mentioned, Mike Quick, Derek Bodner, don't go anywhere. we got plenty to discuss, that's for sure. He's Derek Gunn. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. going to talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition. And I will, I am right there in the front of that line and have been had been for a very long time. But I found the right person, and that's Jim Murray. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you're trying to get employee benefits off the ground and you're a startup, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. And he's always there to answer any questions and always available to answer any questions that you may have. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could email him as well, murray.jim at principal.com. That's murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot jim at principal.com.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Welcome back. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Tell friends, smash the like button. We are hanging out with you on this Thursday, Derek Barrett and Rob. All right, guys, so mentioned Lane Johnson had the surgery, looking at 12 to 14 weeks. Uh, he, he, when he spoke with uh, the Jacob Post game show, Derek, you guys, um, he basically said, look, uh, I've, been in, I've been out here playing three, three playoff games, man. I, it's, it's not great, but I, I have a pretty good feeling I'll be all right after I get this surgery. And if you think about the 12 week, you know, it's basically three months, you know, I mean, you're talking March, April, May, he'll be fine. You know, that even gives him a little bit of time, two he'll months be before right. camp. Yeah. 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 You, you feel good about the timing of this. He should be and knowing the way this guy works, the work ethic, the rehab, this thing. I feel good about him you know, starting the season. Man, Me too, man. The dude yeah. played with a shredded groin, man. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, he'll he be played fine. three, four games with a shredded groin. Are you kidding me? No, and still didn't give up a sack. Yeah, beast, yeah. dude. He, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's made from steel or something, bro. I mean, can you imagine your groin, bro? You, 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 you know, right there by, you, man. That's that's a painful, painful injury, man. But just goes to show the heart that he had, man. And uh, you know, everybody on, on on the stream, y'all know me. I respect everybody's opinion, man. Everybody's opinion. No, I'll never say, oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. I, no, I say, uh, well. I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, I, I just like just like with the CJGJ. I know we need to get CJGJ. Sure. We 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 absolutely have to get him. But the likelihood of us doing it is going to be tough, man. He's going to have to pull. This is where Howie is going to definitely make his money this year. He's going to make his money this year. It was pretty easy last year to bring guys in because his salary cap to do it. 
But this year, he's got to yeah. make his money because now he has to sign guys with that quarterback, and it's going to be tough doing that. And us. you That's have to nail the draft, Barrett. You got to nail it. Oh my goodness! You know this is and and, and the way it's all, we don't have what do we, we don't have a fourth or fifth or a sixth pick, right? We just got a seventh, right? Yeah, you got the two. I'll, I'll, I'll give them to you. So it's two ones. Yep. A two, uh, which are ten a and two. thirty. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's it's two ones, ten and thirty. 62, which is the second round, yep. 94, which is the third round. Now, if you look at it that way, that's nice. Four picks in the top 94 is yep. nice. Yeah, yeah. Problem yeah. is, you don't have a fourth, fifth, or sixth. Yeah. You drop into the seventh, and you have two in the seventh, 221 and 250. So, you know, once you get later, that stuff starts getting moved and traded and linked in. Who knows? But, but, uh, but I will say this, though. Yeah. Because we traded for CJGJ for a fourth rounder, wasn't it? Uh. Is it a fourth rounder? I'll, I'll check. And you gave a fourth rounder for Robert Quinn, too. Well, well that's a we, bad one. There's, there's, no, there's hey. no getting around Howie. Howie hit like 99 out of the park. There was, you know, you're not going to hit 100. That one was not a, <laughs> let's be real. Okay. Barrett, what, what did I tell you guys as soon as they made that, that trade for Robert Quinn? Well, what you said that your people, your people up there saying, oh, man, what we I got finesse. You guys I, got finesse. I tell you, my people <laughs> in Chicago said, dude. Good riddance. You guys got fleeced on that one. And lo and behold, it turned out to be true. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. But, you know, what? to add to what you were talking about in terms of uh, our chat here, and you're right, for the most part, a lot of these guys have intelligent comments, thought-out comments. You got a few jokers that bust on us for fun, out of fun. Yeah, but, yeah. But it, it gets under my crawl when some people get under my, you don't know what you're talking about. They don't know. They don't know our pedigree. They don't know where we've been, what we've done, and you're human. I don't know of any human on the planet who's 100 percent perfect in anything they do in life. I don't know. We, we make opinions, we make suggestions, but more times than not, we're right. We're right on point. But I never tell. I never tell you your opinion don't matter. That's, that's yes. not what I do, bro. See? You know what I'm saying? That's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I mean, I know a little bit about this game. I, I live this game. I've, I've, I've I mean, I, I bro, you don't. I'm just I'm 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 ready now because we're about to get in these draft picks, baby. Yeah, baby. We're about yes, to get in these draft picks now, you know. So this is where I really, really love the breakdown film, the breakdowns. And I gotta see, I gotta see if um if we if we'll be able to show film of draft college picks. I don't know. Um Xander, let me know if we can we can uh break down college picks uh, of, of of film um you know on on StreamYard, you know, because I mean that would be great if we could do that. Okay. That'd be great if we could do that. It would be fine for sure. Um, yeah. All right. So here, here's the, uh, here's the thing too. A couple things, guys. I, I, I wish it was just a loss. Like I wish there wasn't the field. I wish there wasn't the Bradbury call that late. I mean, that's the reality. It's, it's all there, but it makes it that much harder of a pill to swallow for me. Like I'm not, I was actually better yesterday than I am today. I, I don't even know how, how to explain possible? that. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm a, Look, I'm annoyed in general. I, I got three shots today, which has me somewhat annoyed. Yeah, I, yeah. Tell people what shots you got today. I, I got I got tetanus, shingles, and flu. Dang. Boom, boom. Doing this, one in this, and you know. So my primary doctor, and I look, she was great, right? She leaves. I don't even get a notification from the place. So I called up just to renew a prescription for something. Yeah. 
and my pharmacy or my pharmacy reached out to me and said, Hey, you, you, your, your doctor isn't getting back to renew this. Can you reach out to your doctor? Okay. No problem. Not to, I'm giving way too much stuff out here, but anyway, so I call, <laughs> I call the, the, the old doctor or the, 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 the place and they say, Oh, you know, she, she's no longer here. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. She's, she's not practicing here anymore. I said, okay. Was anybody going to at least reach out at, at the, at the office and tell me, Oh, uh, you know, they start hemming and hawing. I'm oh, like, yeah. that's real bad business, first of all. And I know right, it happens right. all the time, but it's bad business, right? And I get it. Like, it, it, our our insurance thing is just so screwy that doctors have to leave and go other places. I get that. I'm, I'm sympathetic and empathetic to that. Anyway, but at least let me know what's going on. Then I got to go through this whole song and dance just to get my records transferred. Then I try and find a new primary, and it takes forever. Yep, then I can't yeah. get an appointment with the new primary. I, I booked this this appointment in, like, Late October, November for, for today. Okay. <laughs> and you, ju- you just now get the flu shot today. Just got it. So, and the, it was the people there were today were great. No, 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 no problems. I'm just somewhat annoyed. Anyway. No, I don't blame you because my doctor, my primary care physician did that to me uh, like five years ago and to other people as well. Yeah. yeah I made an appointment, just routine, you know, uh, physical and, oh, he's, not, you know, doctors, I'm not going to say his name. He's a great guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He moved on to another practice. I'm like, and nobody called to tell me, and it took me four months. And now this was before, yeah. before words like COVID, and and, and pan, you know, pan, you know, all that stuff. Yes, uh, became part yeah, of our pandemic, everyday pandemic. Yeah. Played into everything. Yeah, right. yeah. But and and so, but in my case, I was automatically uh, assigned to the, a new doctor that was already there. Right. And it turned out to be this doctor's great dude. You know, younger right. doctor, great dude, but. Again, you know, it's funny, Rob, because even in the medical profession, just like everything else, a lot of uh, medical professionals got out of the business because they didn't want to deal with people. They would say they were so afraid of getting COVID. And because at that point, we were told by the government and health officials, millions of people are dying globally from this. There's still as many nurses that come out of college every year. There's still a wide, like I said, both my oldest daughter and my son and son-in-law are in. And they work for you know prominent hospital, Christiana hospitals, and they're still shorthanded on nurses and nurse uh, pediatric assistants. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, all you got all these people coming out of college. Where are they? They they don't want to do it because it's still they still have this effect. Yeah, I don't blame. I I really don't. So, but but I just my only thing was like, you owe your your patients just hey, I'm leaving. Yes. And I'll I'll forward your records wherever you need them or whatever. And it was crazy. So anyway. I went through all that today, but, but it, back to the game, I, I'm just, I just wish it was just, Hey, they, they got beat. And it wasn't some of the other stuff that went on as well. Like, I don't know how the league allowed that to happen. I still don't know how the league allowed the field to be in the condition is in. And George Toma, who's the, you know, the turf guru, you know, guy. So basically what he said was like, when I do, when, when I went through this and inspected it and delivered this to, to these people on Wednesday, the, the field was good to go. Um, there were rehearsals done, you know, with the stage that Rihanna had and, you know, that kind of stuff. There was you know, stuff painted on the field. There was other stuff that went on that, that I guess he's sort of saying was out of his control. Okay. That, that the people, the operations people there took over. And he said he could, he could just from his eyesight tell it needed more sand to, to have it less, I guess, slippery in that case. But like, I don't Someone somewhere, there was a ball dropped clearly somewhere 
Like have Rihanna freaking practice outside or, or, right. or whatever. I, I don't need that, that turf being destroyed because of the stage during rehearsals on Thursday and Friday and Saturday or whatever they had them. And like, again, I know and it sucked for both teams, but like that can't happen. You're the NFL, man. This isn't high school or some grade school field. Exactly. And, and uh, so what you guys are saying is that that was a totally different field that was two, two weeks old that they played on. That's what Toma Toma's claiming basically right. like, Hey man, I, what I put together, look at my track record. Well, they had a problem with the field. They had a problem earlier on. I remember the Chiefs played them there, and the Eagles played them there. Uh, the the Cardinals there, and it was problems. Then they were slipping, yeah. them, sliding around even then. So uh, that was the know. previous turf. Yeah, that's the previous, previous stuff. Turf. It was made out of the same stuff, though. I hear you, Barry. I'm just telling you what the guy said. So that annoys me. You know, we we could debate the Bradbury hold and whatever. I I again, I don't want to come off like a 49er whiner, so I'm not going to do that. But I just wish it was. Hey, they lost. It was clean whatever it is, what it is, and you move on. But there's all these other stuff, like the other stuff that's kind of hanging on it. Just It, it just annoys me. And, you know, and it's just a blown opportunity, man. I mean, more that's than all anything I'm saying else, right there. You know yeah, saying? it's a wasted – because we just went through – we didn't even go to the, to the offense yet. The amount of guys that are free agents on defense, losing both coordinators, like these are real things. It's hard enough for the team that loses the Super Bowl. We know the track record. It's terrible the next year of, right, of right. how they do. It's even bad making the playoffs. I hate to say that, but I'm just keeping it real. No it's question. not good. Look, yeah, I Rob, won the Super Bowl at, at that next right. year. I retired, and we went eight and eight that year. Right, eight. And yes, eight. Rob. The fact that you are more distraught today than you were yesterday when you initially made that statement, I was shocked for about a fraction of a second, and then the mechanisms in my 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 vastly hollow head, according to family members, <laughs> began to, to spin, and I started recalling. What have I learned about Rob Ellis since April 18th of last of last year? Number one, he put charcoal in a gas grill. Che- dry Cheerios is a staple food. It's true. He strong arms this family and doesn't allow them to order foods. Strong arms a bit. You know, that's, hey, hey, I'm okay. going by what your daughter's saying. I'll believe right. your daughter I, I, over I, you. I might say influence more than strong arm. I'm going by. I believe your daughter over you. <laughs> that was that was that was amazing. Yeah, Matt, Maddie, was took dro- the, Maddie was dropping dimes, man. She day. took Dude, that opportunity. I love her. I love yeah. her. Right. She took that opportunity and ran with it, bro. I she couldn't have. She couldn't have been more happier. Oh, no, she was so session. excited to. to, to just <laughs> Barrett, Barrett, you know that was, Barrett, you know that was like. It was like being somebody being held hostage against their will. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying Blink. to send you a facial signal. Across yeah, Blink, the table. if you if you understand. Yeah. yeah. First of all. Sills is right. I am still pissed off about Super Bowl 15 in 1981 against the <laughs> I haven't forgiven Kenny King and Jim Plunkett. Uh, and Her- daughter- Herman Edwards had a bad day that day. People. His daughter was like, can somebody help me, please? I know. Help me. Are I got you a lot okay? You got my back. She was like waiting for you to go to the bathroom to tell you guys every, all, all, all the <laughs> right. Dude, um, once you left and she was in a public place where you couldn't give her the look. And when Rob came back, the sheepish look, the sheepish grin on his face That's and how red he was. And what did he say, Barrett? Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> and I'm we, thinking, right yeah, on. there's some truth to this stuff. But right. the fact oh. that you said that you're more distraught today than yesterday after all of that stuff started coming back, I'm like... Well, this is Rob Ellis. A little yeah. bit different. I'm not surprised. In, but you know what pulled me in, though? What? What pulled me in is, 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 I mean, it was crazy how fast 
everything happened with our coordinators. Yeah. I mean, the next day. Let me give you yeah. something on that, yeah. Barrett. So Gannon speaking now, this is interesting. So he said that he didn't even know there was an interview set up. Believe yeah. it if you if you want to or not, with the Cardinals until Howie told him after the game Sunday night to stick around yeah. and just stay there. He swears he didn't even know going into the game. Now, believe it if you want. I'm just telling you what the guy said moments ago. Yep. Well, you know what? I uh, I, I I tend to say that's BS. You know what I'm saying? I'm, saying I'm not going to disagree with you, Barry. Because there was word about that at the Super Bowl. Right. There was word of that at the Super Bowl. Um, it, it was leaked out there at the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not. I don't know if I believe it. But I mean, it doesn't matter because that's just what happens. Yeah, I hear it. Do you with think teams like that? Great teams like that. Do you honestly think that his agent had not already had some discussion with the Cardinals about possibly right. setting this up? Yeah, I, 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 I tend to find that really like uh, maybe there wasn't an interview like in the books, but you had a pretty good idea that the Cardinals are very interested in in you. Come on, right? To I mean, wait this long, it had to be somebody from both of those staffs of the Chiefs or the Eagles that uh that were were in line for this because I mean all the other teams have head coaches already in place, right? And they were waiting. But that's what long. I'm saying, Bate. That's what I'm saying. Like you can say, "Hey, I didn't officially have it in the books until Sunday night," but you come on, man. You and your agent knew something. But, hey, I, I'm gonna but say who this. cares? But anyway, right. whatever. I don't even care. You know, like, I don't, I don't think that yeah. No, I just was saying. I don't think it had anything to do with the performance that these players had on the field or them calling the game the way they called the game. I know that for a fact. Um, it's just I, I, the old man came. He came with it, bro. And I, it really shocked me how. I mean, because I, I knew I knew Andy Reid was good. We all knew Andy Reid was good. We had him for. For, for 13, 14 years, we know he was good. But for him to say, all right, we're going to run the ball in the second half. Yes. To run the ball in the second half. Defense. So it's like he tenderized the defense and then started passing after that. Yes. That's ingenious of him, man, because he never wants to run the ball. But he ran the ball consistent with Pacheco, which opened up the pass because they had to put that extra defender down yep. uh, from a linebacker position. They had to put him over the center. Uh, to put another defensive lineman down there, and once you put that guy's hand in the ground, it left a void in the middle of the field. How many how many plays did they have just in the second half alone? Because they had four possessions, they scored on every possession, right? Five. They play five. They had five possessions. Okay. That, so the, one, the five, the the, the uh, when they were on the five, that's a possession. It was goal. four <laughs> possessions, three touchdowns, and a field goal. Okay. And look, you, so two offset one another. In other words, one was a four yard drive, which right. is set up by the awful. We don't need to go back into that by the punt. And I'm, then, I'm sorry, Rob. I that one. You know what? Oh, Here we go. Okay. Uh, attention, attention, you're, everyone. You're, Rob you're Ellis asked, will be leaving us shortly. You're not asked to sacrifice your body. You're not asked to do much. Just get a freaking punt off. It's respectable. I'm not saying you got to be Ray guy. I'm not saying you got to boom it. You got to. You, you don't have to do that. But just, just make it a decent punt where it's not going to be returned to the freaking four yard line. Right, right, right. And oh, if it's a directional wait, wait, kick, at wait, least kick it in that direction. Kick it in the direction. It was yes. a directional kick. It was. All right. Now take the wrong a direction. Hold on. Take a wait, wait, wait. Now wait a minute. Take a minute. I want All you to think about something. Even if he kicked it in the wrong direction, let's look at this. Right. Number one, he came up to get. Now, if you remember, as soon as he got the ball, he stood up, and there were a lot of green jerseys converging around him. Correct. So technically, they should have had him correct. I, I agree. I'm not just laying it yes. up, folks. Okay. It's everybody. Right. I, I agree. He slipped I agree. twice, and then he, he then he 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 changed directions. Yes. To a wide yes. open field. Yes. 
So we cannot just blame this on Sippos because they should have corralled him. They had him corralled. Had him dead to rights. I agree. Okay. I agree. All right. So anyway, the, the point is, he doesn't want to hear what I have to say right now, Barrett. He's no, like, I'm just, I'm just saying like it was four possessions, wife. four okay. scores. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do any more on Sippos. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do the special teams. I'm he sorry. might be back next year. No, he won't. No, he won't. No, I won't allow it. All right. So I am. I am. I, just like I got Girardi out of here, I am getting Sippos out of here. I will oh, it's, not just, it's not just Sippos though. It's everybody. I agree Michael, with you, Barrett. It's across Michael the board, Clay, on, man. Uh, yeah. Other than Elliott and Lovato, nobody survives this. Bro, Goodbye. and Lovato's a free agent also, just, uh, just so you know. Yes. I think he's a free agent also. He is, you're right. So I think they'll what, keep him. I do I, too. They I should like keep him. He's good. Because look at how many years they kept Dornboss. Dornboss is no, 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 like one Lovato. of the best in the business. They kept Dornboss for years. I like Lovato. Yes. Yeah. Bro, it's everybody uh, else. Come on, man. Like we, we can't handle this, bro. I, I can't. I okay, can't handle the truth right now. Okay, I, I can't just, handle the truth. I just I, sent, I just truth. sent out a couple of texts to certain people. I said, "Hey, will Sippos be back next season?" So I'm waiting for a response. No, you okay. should say Sippos and Michael Clay, bro. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe he was just too young to, to handle being in this position, man. Because I mean, that, I, I must admit, we had like five games where five games out of the the 17 games that the special teams was okay. It was never great, but it was okay. I think we only had one punt return of over 50 yards, and that was Boston Scott. I know. It was yeah, awful. 55 yards. But we it all was, I'm here. telling you, man, the, the only thing you felt good about were, were were field goal attempts and kickoffs because most of the time Elliott you know, was Boned touching. It out. Yeah. That's yeah, it. it well, wait a minute now. We all sat here in December and said – the special teams was playing a lot better, and that included punt coverage. We were all you in said unison. five games, Derek. We five said all in Derek, unison. Derek, better. Here's what better means. Okay, Covey was catching the ball, not yeah. Okay, <laughs> and then he became crash test Covey. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if that's what we're talking about, that a, that a guy in the NFL can actually secure a punt, that's a problem. Like, yeah. there's never a threat ever. This is too easy today. I know. Stop. Too Stop. Easy. You are poking too the, easy. the And I'm taking the bait, man. This is too easy today. You know what? This is my finest moment of 2023. <laughs> you don't the guy who said three shots today, that's not cool. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Like, look, look, I remember I used to take my kids to get their shots. And they used to be mad the whole entire day, yeah, man. Grumpy and yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I took my dog, and he'd be moping around, you know, yep. for shots. So I know I how you're doing. I should right have now. the plastic thing around my head. Today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have. Hey, I will uh, never, I will never get another flu shot. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I ain't doing it again. I got a flu shot. I like I told you, like 15 years ago. Yeah. The next day was the sickest I'd ever been in my life. I'm talking fever, chills, I know. body ache. I I've couldn't get that. up. I've heard. I can't that. do it. Thank you. I, I, I do need a shot or two. Yes, a different kind of shot than I've already had today. Right? Oh, my God. But wow. hey, let me ask you guys this, though. Okay. Yeah. That'll mean three coordinators are gone from this team. That's the big deal. That's, man. A, that's, that's a lot. Bro. That's a really big deal. We are really, and, and also, we are really undermining the effect of not having our two coordinators not here right now this is right this is blowing my mind that we do not have two coordinators no i barrett i agree with you i and i know everybody hates gannon i get it i don't hate gannon and i know you don't either but like it careful what you wish for right you're gonna bring in somebody new these guys all were very comfortable with gannon they all to a man like playing for him and steichen too right so 
They've got to yeah. win over their teams. This is where I think it helps. Like if, if Brian Johnson gets elevated, he's clearly been there. They all know him. That's great. And I'm okay with going for coming from the outside. If it's Vance Joseph or somebody else, I'm cool with that. I, I really am. But like, it is going to take a little while to get to learn each other, you know, and figure this out, especially with the new personnel. So, okay. There's going to be a learning curve. I guess is I, what I'm I, saying. I just sent you guys a, a text. Now you can't repeat what you see. You can just, I just want to see your facial expressions. You cannot repeat what you see. Okay. Uh... Yeah. 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 I got you. Yes. Oh, All right. I just sent, I just forwarded you a text that I got. That I just got. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. So Rob, go to break. Go to yeah. break, Rob. No, go ahead, Barrett. Get your point, then we'll do it. I'm, I'm we'll just saying. I'm just saying. You can't say anything. Yeah. With either one of these coordinators being here, man. Right. Right. That means the whole culture. These guys, who's ever coming in, has less than six months to win these guys over, and that's and, that, and that's 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 tougher than what people think, man. It's yeah. tough to come yeah. in and win a team over, especially a team that just had this much success. I, I think Barrett, we're still so hurting from the Super Bowl, right? And yeah. I think we're also pretty focused on free agents. That this is sort, and everybody hates Gaden. That it's kind of like, eh, it's more than eh. Like right, it's a right. it's a pretty big deal here, uh, but look, it also is is the price of doing business too when you're good. Right, and, right, right, and, right. And t- you got to deal with it. And it's not usually both. They're going to the, the, the coverage other. will be rated, and that's exactly what happened. The covers were rated and taken away. No question. Uh, this 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 is this is this is a lot bigger deal than than we're giving it credit for right now. We won't see the effects of it until until the season. We go starts. training camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tra- mm-hmm. we get to training camp. Will we see? All right, what what type of def- we don't even know? Like if, if Johnson's there, we know what type of offense we're gonna run. Cause it's still gonna right. be Nick Sirianni, and his head has been his for the last two years, going to his third year. So B, you know, BJ will be cool. Yep. But whoever could defensive coordinator at that. Right. That's the and thing. You gotta max. You gotta max out on a defense that's not there. They don't have a defense there right now. So how are they gonna learn? There's there's so many guys and not let me see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten. There are ten guys that aren't on the squad right now that are free agents. Ten right. free agents right now. Right. And we can't say any of these guys are back right now because they're not signed right now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep referring to the fact that all right, we don't have certain people here, so I got to go with the guys we're rolling with. That's why I said Zach McPherson, and then they everybody started killing me for saying that. But right now he's slotted as a starter. Right now your starters. Or Zach McPherson and Slay on the outside. We have uh, Avante Maddox in the in the slot. You got Josiah Scotts there, that backup. Josh Job is the backup to both the cornerbacks right Oof. now. Kayvon Wallace, <laughs> Kayvon Wallace, <laughs> and Reed Blankenship right now are the two starting safeties. Those are our two starting safeties right now. Kayvon Wallace and Reed Blankenship. Those are starting safeties. Those are our starting safeties right now on the roster who have a contract. So that's all I'm saying right now is look at what we have, brothers. Yeah. The Cubs yes. are there. It happens to every team, a team yeah. every year, and we said, and I now it's our turn. It's our turn. Yep. It and good organizations figure it out. You know, Belichick yeah. lost assistants all the. I mean, coordinators they, they didn't always go on and have success, but he lost them a lot and was able to just sort of like reload. It helps when yeah. you have Brady. But the and good I, thing I, is, the Eagles yeah. have Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So it, it, you it, should it, be it, able it, to do it. 
And I can't keep saying this enough because, you know, right now Rob is ready for a therapist chair. Um, but it happened in Kansas City last year. Real. They relied on a bunch of kids. It's true. They and you know, now, they, now they have Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else does. But yeah. Jalen Hurts is not that far off. Yeah. That offense is still intact. Kansas it, City showed you you can get younger and still compete at a high level. It would be a thousand times worse if you didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> Hold on, look, exactly. Look at what. Look at him, Josiah Scott. What? Lord, long Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with them. They're all fired today. Oh my God! All, all right, it's one of those days. Today is one of those days, man. You, but you have you have to go through this, man. Every two yeah, to agree. four years, you go through the growing pain. I agree. It is what it yeah. is. No, I'm just saying, I'm just to you guys, I'm saying to people in general yeah. about, oh my goodness, we're going to be this, we're going to be that. Well, we've seen historically too, a potent offense can overshadow an average defense. We just yes. saw it in this Super Bowl. Yes. We've seen it with New England for years. Yes, yep. yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. If you, exactly. it all starts, do you have the right quarterback? Yes, the Eagles have the right quarterback, yes. and they have two out two thousand yard receivers. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's and a lot those, of good. Like there's yes, a lot there's of good. Good on the one yes. side of the ball. So. That's what you do. You just build that side up, bro. That's yeah. all you do. Now, That's now it. the defense falls in that category of what does it say about the army or the marines? It's not just a job; it's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> the defense might be not just a job, but an adventure Good in two thousand twenty-three. You are correct, sir. All right, let's get a quickie in. We'll come back. Uh, we'll do we'll, you know, a little early. We'll mix in some NFL guys because uh, we normally do that at two o'clock, but we have Mike Quick at two o'clock. So one thirty, Derek Bodner. Two o'clock, Mike Quick. We'll, we'll, we'll give you some updates on some coaching searches and whatnot. We'll continue to tell you anything Jonathan Gannon has to say. Again, 2 o'clock, Nick Sirianni and uh, Howie Roseman both will be speaking. So we'll you know pump you with everything that they're saying as well. So we've got a lot to do. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Thursday. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. You got a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you've gone through or potentially you hope it doesn't happen. But if you do go through, the inconvenience, the pain of fire, water, smoke damage to that establishment, that building, your your, your home. Pro-action restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I've gone through it with my parents' house, and it was water damage, and they got right out there on a Saturday. They cleaned it up. The crew was professional. The, the price was right. It was a relief. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company also, which is huge. Water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Are you all right? What did you shovel in during the break? Clearly, you're you're wiping down. You you were you were throwing down a little bit during the break. What, what I went we down and I stole some of my wife's Valentine's candies. These nuts and chews, milk chocolate nuts and chews, are to die for. So while you two converse, I must have one more. Oh geez. Well, I don't, hold on, hold on. They, 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 you bought them and you let her? Eat them. Yeah, you eat them when you what bought is them that? for her. What is, yeah, you bought it for if, yourself. If you, if you saw the volume of candy I bought for her, and she told she goes, I can't eat all this. You guys help yourself. That's all she had to tell me. That she just might have been being nice, bro. That doesn't Trust mean me. she meant that. Yes, she did. You can't <laughs> tell me what my wife meant. <laughs> oh, I can't. Uh, I got you. Okay. Um, let's hit but a couple. She did things. mean did not for you to eat her candy, though. Hey, look. She ain't here. She don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this isn't happening if she's home. Let's be clear. What goes on on Sports Take stays on stays Sports Take. <laughs> oh, my God. All you right, know so, what? John yeah. Dickerson, you are exactly right. I did overbuy on purpose. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> it's the move. That's a great plan. I'm, I'm going to use that. Yeah, that's I'm true. I'm going to use that. That's true. Dude, you got to understand. Five more. For- over four decades of marriage has taught me a lot of valuable lessons in life, one of which has been very seldom am I going to win an argument. I've conceded defeat. Yeah, that's true. I live in defeat. Remember that. You want long? <laughs> you want- <laughs> you want- live in defeat. Boy, that's inspirational. Yeah. He meant that, too. I'm going ha- to get that as a sign. I'll put it up in the, in the living room. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
I'll give you an ah da da for that, bro. Yeah, that's an ah da da for sure. Let me let me ask you this. Okay, you guys laugh at me. Do you always win arguments at home? No. No. Do the, you, the longer you, you're the older you get and the longer you're together, you realize it, it, pick and choose your battles. Right. Oh, exactly. so you're right there with me then. Correct. So you understand. Right. Yes. I don't I don't I don't see a cause in whether I'm right or wrong anymore. Nope. Yeah. See, I don't know how I don't know see? how defeated that is, but yeah. I just don't. It to me, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just I, doesn't. I matter. agree. I, you get so beaten down that you just <laughs> yeah. Like I, I hate to tell both of you this. I hate to tell both of you this because I know it's going to shatter both of your egos. Okay, you both live in defeat. Thank you. <laughs> just keep that in mind. I kind of knew that, mind. but you just confirmed it. But I you know just, what, Rob? See, here we as men, we we go down swinging. We think we're going down swinging. Yeah. No, you're not. All you're doing is slowly sinking in quicksand. Yeah. So if you want to get out of the quicksand, what do you do? Throw yourself a life raft. Uh -huh. You know when to talk and when not. I Listen, I concur. <laughs> I concur. Maggie, I hope you're listening because we need you today. <laughs> Bro, I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just don't. I feel it coming. I feel it conjuring up. I just leave. Yeah. I go somewhere else. Yep. Here's the, here's the worst, though. When my daughter, when my when my middle daughter, I don't care what my wife says, says, my middle daughter always takes her side. So I just sit there like this. Well, your oldest daughter always takes your side. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, your son takes your mom's side. No, no, no. My son is like Switzerland. He mm -hmm. openly would tell you, "I ain't, I ain't getting." <laughs> he's in the this. smartest one. <laughs> he'll tell you that. Yeah, he, he's. I ain't, I ain't saying say enough. He's got to figure it figured out. I'm telling you. You know what? He, I tell you, he's like Eddie Haskell. He knows yeah. how to work mom, even when she's mad at him. All he has to do is give her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. She she melts like butter. And I'm sitting there like this. And he'll look at her, stand behind and goes, look, mom, dad's jealous. No, I'm not. I can't believe your mom fell for this. Your mom's a highly intelligent woman. I can't believe she's still, you're 31 years old, and she still falls for it. That's what I can't. I'm just sitting there going, I don't believe this. If I did, if I did, if I go, honey, come get away from me. Get, I'm mad at you. Get, get back. Step back. Right I hope she ain't listening because I'm a dead. I'm dead to rights. Dead yeah, you are. You might. You might want to keep moving. Uh, that's yeah, for I'm sure. To, if I'm not on the show tomorrow, you know why. I understand. All right. Can, can we address something else that needs to be addressed? I, I'm what? watching the Chiefs Is it parade. Set you up again? Are no, you I'm get, watching oh, the Chiefs parade yesterday. Yes. Okay. Number one, and I don't begrudge him. Patrick Mahomes had a good time. Good for you. Yes, he did. That's, that's cool. That's cool. I, I look. Brady had a good time. The Eagles players had a good time. Have a good time. L live it up, man. Live it up. No issue with that whatsoever. The issue I have, and it was it was not just Travis Kelsey, but it was Travis Kelsey and others. The whole disrespect thing, like, first of all, they're acting like everybody picked them to be 0 and 17. Like, can we stop? Like, it was basically, yeah, man, they're they're gonna take a hit because they lost Tyreek Hill. That was the gist of it. Nobody thought they were gonna be an awful team, that all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes was gonna suck. Travis Kelsey couldn't catch the ball anymore, and Kelsey's doing this whole disrespect speech it's like dude really like the eagles had every right to do the whole dog mask thing they had won 57 years they came out of nowhere that year they had a backup quarterback a backup left tackle a backup middle linebacker a backup special teams player i mean this this notion that that i i get it's what teams have to do to get themselves up i guess but it was really annoying frankly all right i'm done <laughs> okay Brody, you're right man it, it, it's, it's wrong man it like they to me i heard a lot of people saying they retooled yeah, and they weren't they supposed to. Go, this is a year. Though this is a year that they were going to use to rebuild to get back to where they were. Yes, 
Uh, I don't think so. Wait a minute, both of you. Wait a minute, because I'm about to set Rob off again. Here we oh, go. God. What are you trying Here to do to go. me today? All right. Every national pundit felt that it was going to be Cincinnati or Buffalo representing in a Super Bowl. Right. The Kansas City Chiefs organization themselves came out and said, we have to rebuild. Mm -hmm. Did they not? Yes. Yep. They said that religiously. When we talked unmercifully about the wealth of talent, and Mr. Brooks led the charge in this about what the other three teams in the division did in terms of quarterback, but also adding pass rushing specialists on the defense. Most people pick Kansas City to finish third in the division. Right. Now, was Kelsey a little bit over the top trying to emulate his brother? Yes, he was. But there was a lot of truth in what he was saying. A lot of people thought, even with Mahomes, even with Kelsey, even with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, this was the year Kansas City was going to take a hit because they had to get so much younger. And we talked about this in detail for the last two weeks. This team relied on six different rookies on defense and a couple on offense to get to where they were. Did we or did we not? So therefore, I don't want to hear it, Rob. I don't want to hear it. Therefore, there's a lot of accuracy in what he was saying. He just took it over the top. I'm sure he had a few. He took it over the top. Yeah, but he, he turned it to like, yeah, like, dude, nobody, you're not a victim, Travis. Like, give me a break. But uh, I hear you. I hear you. That, that, losing losing uh, Tyreek Hill is a big deal. You still had a Hall of Fame coach in place. You had a Hall of Fame GOAT-type quarterback still in place. You still had Travis Kelsey who's going to the Hall of Fame in place. You still had a lot of pieces in place. So, I mean, yeah, Chris Jones was still there. Suddenly, Chris Jones, who's one of the most, if not the most dominant interior defensive linemen, was still there. All right. Frank Clark was still there. Man, my blood pressure. Oh. It's a good thing I got my blood Nick pressure Bolton. earlier. Nick right. Bolton is the second year in his in, in, uh, in his. Man, I thought he was one of the most talented linebackers in the draft. Not this year, but last year. This is this was his second year. Yeah, I really want the Eagles to go out and get him, man, in the second round. They got him in the second round. This, yes, they did. He's a tackling machine, man. He really we need is. a linebacker. And why can't we see? That's what I'm saying. That's why I want. We need to. We need to do stuff like that, bro. And and I think we're starting to get that 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 sense of um, understanding that you got to recruit. You got. Yeah. I mean, you got to go out there and draft guys. From the impact places, man. You got. I mean, like it or not, I'm a Big Twelve guy. I was in a Big Eight when it was when Big Twelve was Big Eight. I was a Big Eight, and I still say you got to go to the SEC to to, to recruit, man. You got to yeah. go to the SEC to get players. Yeah. There's a reason why that conference stays so good. Alabama and Georgia. Yep. Are LSU. Gold lines. LSU. Well, LSU started to sink a little bit. Yeah. But they're starting to come back up now. But I mean, if you get if you get any of the guys from Alabama or Georgia. You're good to go, bro. Sometimes you don't have to overthink it. Right. It's a reason those dudes are, are dominating every year. You know, yeah. you got, we're going to find out this year because you got two of them from Georgia on your roster from that who, national championship team. Who didn't do anything, right? They didn't have to. They're going to be right. called on now. And now well, we're going to find yes. out. But yes. I'm not going to say they were a bust, though. You know, I hear a lot of no, people saying not, they were no, bust. They're not a bust. No, unproved. We just don't know. I, I yeah, That was the way yeah. I would put it. We don't know. Yeah. I wish, I wish we had, we had, I wish we knew about Jordan Davis more. I understand that Kobe Dean didn't play because you had linebackers in front of him. I, I wish we had a little bit of a better handle on Jordan Davis. That, that's all. And, but, yeah, but Jordan lost valuable time because of two reasons. Number one, all that big money in front of him. Yeah. And number two, he had a concussion and he had a high ankle sprain. So yeah. he lost a lot of valuable time because of that. Yeah. But the Jordan Davis I saw in that Super Bowl game, 
that Jordan Davis got a lot of work to do because he got moved off the ball. I didn't think you could move that dude off the ball the way he got moved off the ball. Yeah, he wasn't eating any space. No. He had his space eater. He wasn't eating any space. Yeah. Yep. Like well, that. We, we yep. applaud the Eagles for having the best offensive line in the game. Let me tell you something. Kansas City's offensive line ain't no slouch. They yeah. spent a lot of money. Now, I will say this. As they got younger, they spent a lot of money on that offensive line last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Wiley was the weak link on that offense. He played, played like a pro. Bowl. No yeah. question. Played like a pro bowler in that Super Bowl he game. Uh, I ain't gonna take it that far. He played well, he played he played well considering what he was going against. Um yes, we have some dominant guys on the outside, but their biggest asset, their biggest, their biggest weapons were taken away because of that turf, man. They couldn't turn the corner. You know what I'm saying? They just couldn't turn the corner, man. I mean, I you gotta find a way to counter it though. I don't know how you counter that. You got to find a way, but they just didn't. He didn't get the full. Wiley didn't get the full um, game. arsenal. Not, not he didn't get half the arsenal from um, from Riddick. Riddick, Riddick need to he need to find another way to beat him. I mean, because what he was doing, what he tried to turn the corner every single time, his feet was slipping from underneath him, and then Wiley started finishing him. He started beating his tail. And Wiley was <laughs> laying on top of him, yeah. letting him get up. <laughs> he yeah. was wearing him out, bro. But I mean, I. When you look at it, you're right. Jordan Davis, he was a non-factor. Nope. And when he came in and put him over the nose to be that nose and put him at that three technique, when they put in that five-man front, when they went to the bare front, yes. when they covered the center and two guards, he was he right. He was he was getting dominated. And man. did I, you I, notice I, they would politely guide him one way or the other, and whichever way he went, the back ran the other way. Yep. And they did. Pacheco got a great game, bro. Yes, he did. You know what? McKinnon had a good game. Yeah, you know. I mean, it it just like we said, like we said the day after the game. Everything that we thought would not happen with this team overall, offense, defense. You can't even say offense because offense did its job. Offense scored thirty-five points. Mm -hmm. What else do you want from your offense? Well, I'm gonna say this though. I did say that my two not necessarily worries, but the guys we had to keep in check. I wasn't worried about any of the passing was Pacheco yeah. McKinnon. I said they're running again. I said for some reason I think Big Red is going to run the ball. You did. I remember that that was my one of my you points. Did. Yes, you did. Said, if he can run the ball, it's going to open up everything else. And he came out that second half started running the ball and I said, "Oh man." Oh, That's no. true. Are you, you wearing know? red today in honor of the Chiefs? No, it's not red actually. It's actually orange. <laughs> it's orange. It looks red to me where I'm sitting. <laughs> just go get everybody fired up again, aren't you? There we go. See? Um, all right, let, let, let's, hit a, let's hit a couple of these points here. Uh, Be- Eric Biennemi is interviewing today as we speak with the commanders. Uh, so that that that's feels a, like – That's a that, done. That's yeah, a done that deal. feels like it's going to happen. Um, yeah, that's a done deal. Barring something crazy, you know. Uh, so that's not good news for the Eagles. I, I would rather he just stay in the AFC, but uh, that's a whole other story. If Eric, um, if Eric Biennemi takes that job, the first thing I want to know is, before I put my name in the contract, is Daniel Snyder selling the team? If not, I got a problem with this. That's true. I hear you. That, that's fair. Uh, Canales was hired by the Bucks as their offensive coordinator. He has been a right-hand man of Pete Carroll for a very long time, going back to USC. That's how long he's been with Carroll. Uh, Dave Canales is his name. Uh, he is going to Tampa Bay. He was with Seattle since 2010. He was the wide receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach again, uh, USC, special teams, tight ends, you know, et cetera. So he, he's been around Pete Carroll. He's heavily influenced by Pete Carroll and, and he will be going there. Not an easy situation that he's taking over. Um, that's for sure. A lot of uncertainty there. 
you know, no quarterback. Uh, he's got a tough job in front of him, depending on how they where they end up going. Uh, so that's uh, Calvin Ridley has uh, has applied for reinstatement. He's now a Jag. He, got, he did get traded. You could you were able to trade him, even though he was suspended. He was traded from the Falcons to the Jaguars. I just think like he's been he he will have almost two full years of not playing football, but. If he gets back to close to where he was, oh my goodness! Think about the the receiving core, and they have Engram as their tight end. Man, Jacksonville's got a lot of weapons with ETN as the running back. They're loaded, bro. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's Dougie P's got some weapons to play with here, bro. Um, so, so you know, they already have you know three really good receivers already. Put add him to the mix. They got a pretty good tight end who banked on himself. They're gonna have to pay him though. Yeah, he signed a one year deal. Yep. Um, if they bring him back, ATN and Lawrence has finally figured out what he is as a quarterback. You know, he's a he's he yes, he could be a drop back quarterback, but he's more effective when you use him as a dual threat quarterback. That's right. Yep. That's right. This is this is gonna be real down there in Jacksonville. We already mm-hmm. see what their defense is about. You know, those two first rounders they got Walker and 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 uh, and the other kid from um, Utah, the linebacker from Utah. Yeah, Devin. They, Devin. Yeah, yeah. Those. That defense is going to be raw, mm-hmm. you know, raw. So that means it's going to be tough down that um, AFC South, man. Yeah, man. It's be tough uh, down there. Legit, legit. It's going to be fun to watch the, Doug with uh, all those all those players. Uh, yeah. The Bears have purchased a 326-acre uh, plot by you know, land uh, in the Arlington Park area with the potential to build a stadium. It's not 100% they're going to build a stadium with it, but – you know, that's a lot. And it's going to be funded by the Bears, but also by the taxpayers. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But they they clearly are looking to get out of uh, Soldier Field uh, as it as it, and they've been talking about this for a long time. But I know. love that. I love that Arlington Park area. Now, the now the Bears leadership has said, oh, we're not sure if we're going to build a dome stadium. You don't pay that. What did they pay? Ninety something million for nine million for that property. Three hundred yeah. something acres. You ain't you ain't buying that just to put a shopping mall there. Do a retractable roof. That's what they're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna do it, and early in the that. year, yep. just you know, they've used it as leverage against the city. Yeah. Well, that's basically, what they deservedly did. so, man. I mean, uh, you know, if they go, that's it's just smart by them. I know for a fact that the Arizona Cardinals are pissed off at the league right now because um, they could have just put in turf instead of having that retractable thing that goes in and out, in and out. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Right. You know, what I'm saying they paid all that money for that, and look at that field that they had. They just had turf in there, put turf in there. They'd have been good to go. Yeah. Mm. Yep. You know, yeah. said it'd been cheaper. It may cost eight hundred thousand dollars for two years to 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 run that whole just just the field itself. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous, man. It shouldn't even cost over. It shouldn't even cost over a hundred grand to maintain a turf field for for five years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, that's crazy, man. They didn't pay you. that much, bro. I hear you. Um, the Colts want to interview Jim Bob Cooter for the offensive coordinator job. He was a passing game. Uh, coordinator for the uh for the jags he spent a year here in philadelphia so he he and shane steichen have a relationship they work together here in philadelphia so th- that could happen yeah he's he's got one of the great names in football too cooter yeah. sounds like he should have been a dukes of hazard episode right exactly. i'm going way back for our younger audience but yeah, yeah. But guys, i think yeah. there's like 10 10 or 11 coaches that were in the eagles organization that are head coaches now that's right. It's like 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. So uh, you want, let's run through it. Um, 
All right, let's go uh, Sean McDermott. That's one, yep. John Harbaugh. Two. Washington's uh, coach, Rivera. Kevin Stefanski was here as a quality control guy. He's wow. Cleveland's coach. Yep. Uh, Doug Peterson. Yep. Uh, Shane Steichen. Yep. Rivera. Rivera. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just doing the AFC, but uh, uh, Andy okay. Reid. Yep. Uh, McDermott. You said McDermott. You said McDermott. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the uh, uh, yeah Rivera uh, Barrett. Yes. Uh, you say Frank Reich. Frank Reich, uh, Gaddon, um, Todd Bowles. Yep. Yeah. Um, am I missing anybody here? I think that that's a lot. Whatever it is, that's a lot that we just reeled off. That's crazy, man. That's I, a lot. I, I had on my show. I'm like, that is all awful. That's like 10, 11 guys mm-hmm. that were in. I mean, oh, uh, and uh, uh, um, Denver's coach, Sean. Uh, Sean. Uh, okay. he was my Sean, Sean was my an Eagle coach. You're right. He was my Eagle. quarterback coach. Yep. Yep. He was my quarterback coach when I was uh, my first got to the league. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's a good lot call. of guys, man. Good call there, uh, for sure. Uh, Alabama has hired Ken Wisenhunt as an offensive assistant, you know, head coach in the NFL. Wiz, that's my yeah. guy. He was a tight end coach, then became an offensive coordinator the year we won the Super Bowl back in um, when I was with the uh, Steelers. Saban Wiz. is really smart. Like he'll he'll he picks and chooses guys from the NFL, brings them in, and they always seem to help them down there. Uh, and that's how they develop guys who are pros. I mean, that's essentially a professional team, the way they run things. Well, you know, it also it also takes Oh, D'Amico guys- Ryan. Good call by 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 Nick Sirianni. That's right. Ryan. D'Amico Ryan. Okay, D'Amico yeah. Player. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Shermer. Where is he now? Um, is he still in the league? I, I, I'm honestly, I Detroit? Was he in Detroit? No? Was he in Detroit? I don't you know. You want to talk about head coaches now, though? Yeah, oh, head coaches right head now. Coaches, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. But, hey. Yeah, good point. Um. That's crazy, man. That's, that's, that's literally crazy. That that's, that's it, this Eagles organization. You say the gold standard. We laughed at, at at you know the owner back in the day, Jeffrey Lurie, saying when well, he said the Eagles are the gold standard. Yeah, they have been the gold standard ever since he said that. No question. Yeah. You know, Shermer was with the Broncos, Derek. I think he's just he's out of coaching right now. I don't know if he's okay. picked up by anybody. But, but you also talking about Alabama. Alabama is the places where coaches go if they've been messed up. And they have a, something bad on their record. Yeah, Sarkeesian. Yeah, it's a great for that. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people go there, and then that's how they rejuvenate their career and get them back on track. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, no question. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hit it. Two o'clock, Mike Quick. Two o'clock is also when Howie and, and Nick Sirianni speak as well. So we'll we'll, you, uh, we'll you let okay you know now, Rob? Say. You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right okay. right now. I'm concerned about you. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I can get through the, the second half of the show. I'll be fine. Uh, we have Derek Bodner coming up. Uh, talk a little Sixers at the midway point. We got a lot to discuss. That's for sure. He's Derek. He's Barrett. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of issues in your yard or on your property, they're just a quick phone call away. And they trim all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. They specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, we're in that time of year right now. We've had a little bit of a soft winter. Might be a good time to get your trees evaluated before the heavy stuff hits. 
You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. fans were cut from a different cloth bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. 
and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Our sports day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Talked a lot of birds through the first half of the program. We will revisit the Eagles in a little bit with Mike Quick, but joining us right now does a phenomenal job covering the Sixers. And you should check out <laughs> yes, there he is, the Daily Six newsletter. Just go to dailysix.com. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well at Derek Bodner NBA. It's good to see him. We haven't talked to him in a bit. Derek, what's going on, my man? Not much. Same thing as everyone else in Philly, trying to get over over Sunday, but we'll get there. Well, oh, Derek, you, I'm not oh. there yet, Derek. Are you there, man? No, I wouldn't say I'm there. I will say it didn't. I don't think it hit me quite as hard as I expected it to. And I think that's probably 95% because we just got one five years ago, whereas right. I'd waited legitimately my whole life for that moment. And also because you're so confident with the future, but it stung a lot. But I think it maybe didn't hurt quite as much because of those two factors. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at this point, I, I'm 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 thoroughly unenthused with you right now, man, because I don't see my buddy. <laughs> Where's my cat at, man? I don't see the cat. There oh, we go. There we go. Oh, there there we go. go. What, what's your cat's name, by the way? Did we ever get the cat's name? Her name's Cooper. Okay, Cooper. Cooper. Okay. All right, good. Now we're good. Now we're back on right. a good pace. Now, All right, man. back on track. That was, yeah. was concerning for a minute there. There um, he goes. <laughs> so, Derek, a lot to dig into. I'll start with this before I get into the whole first half thing and last night's game and all that. Do you think Embiid said last night that he may or may not play? His doctors are advising him he's got he should be shut, shutting things down for like two weeks yeah. with a foot. We know he likes to talk sometimes too. In fairness, like he just will say things. Do, do you think that there's a a chance? Would you, what percentage would you put on him not playing in the All Star game? He's a he's a starter now, by the way, too. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think he said that. Um, if he had no intention of following through on it, uh, mm-hmm. this is something where he has missed games. You know, I think he heard it against the Timberwolves initially back in November, somewhere around mid November. So he's been dealing with this um, for legitimately about three months now, and he's missed a game here or there. He's missed. Uh, you, you've seen him come down and wince at times. I do think this is a legitimate injury. It is something that, you know, we've been talking about. How is this going to get better if he continues to play on it? Yep. Now, will a week off of it fix it? No, probably not. But it still might be the wise thing to do because it, right. it, it can only help. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do think he said that for a pretty specific reason. I think there's a pretty good chance he might end up, you know, going to All-Star Sunday, um, but maybe not participating in it or if he does playing a very limited amount i think i think he said that with the reason behind it uh so Mm. i think there's definitely something to it for sure hey derek the last time we talked to you and and we all had our concerns about this eagles uh starting lineup the depth the rotation but there were what 19 games above 500 right now heading into the all-star break where do you stand out in terms of what you're seeing from this team I think they've looked very good. You know, ever since Harden came back there in early December, they have been one of, if not the best teams in the NBA record-wise. You know, I think their offense has looked very good for most of this stretch. I think Harden has looked... I think he's gotten stronger here as the season gone on, as maybe exceeded my expectations. 
I think they've got role players who can make spot up catch and shoot shots. So if Harden's getting into that paint uh, and kicking out, the offense is going to be tough to stop. I have my questions defensively and whether or not they can hold up. You know, a combination of, you know, Harden. And when he looks disinterested defensively, it looks real bad. You hope that's not going to be the case in the playoffs, uh, but that can rear up. Uh, Maxi can be exploited. Vice Harris can fall asleep. Montrez Harrell, when they were playing him backup center, there's just a few too many exploitable defenders for me to be 100% confident in this team being a, you know, finals contender. But I do think some of the moves they made, you know, I think Jalen McDaniels, uh, if Doc is more comfortable putting him on the floor for extended stretches because he has more offensively, then he will help their defense. Even if he's not maybe as good of a defender as Thibel was, uh, he's been going to Paul Reed as a backup and he can hold his own defensively. So I think there's reasons to be encouraged, but their defense has been very up and down and very inconsistent. Mm, and you so wonder I- how much of that is because they just have one or two too many exploitable defenders and how much of that is just a long regular season that they lose interest in from time to time. I think they're a very good team. I think they could win you know, 53, 54, 55 games. I think they could push for a, um, you know, top two, top three seed in the Eastern Conference. And I think they have a chance to go to the finals. I'm just not sure. Is that a five or 10% chance or is that a 15 or 20% chance? And a lot of that's going to come down to whether or not they can, uh, you know, find another gear defensively. Do, do they have better, Derek? Do they have better parts? Like, in other words, I, I hear you with the defense, and ultimately, you know, you got a lot of half court offense in, in the playoffs and, and you got to defend. But just looking at it with Melton, with adding McDaniels and, and you know, Harden being more of the facilitator, uh, are they better equipped if they are locked in defensively in your estimation than the teams that we've seen be real good in the regular season the last few years, but not good enough? Or is it too tough to tell right now? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they maybe don't have quite, um, you know, in prior years and, and, uh, almost don't want to mention his name because he's struggling so much and he's such a hot button topic, but you had another elite defender to go alongside of Embiid. You had five will then throw in the mix. You had a, a few more, maybe um, elite defensive pieces, but I think this team does have more depth. The question is really, it comes down to on the perimeter. Uh, can Harden and Maxi hold up? And it, it's, you know, a lot of times your defense is as strong as its weakest link. They have two pretty weak links there on the perimeter. Uh, and even Melton, who is a very good team defender can struggle to get through screens at times. So there are things that you can attack. It's just how much, you know, I think they have more depth defensively and how much can be in the playoffs, uh, you know, overcome a lot of that. Um, I, I do think they have more depth. They've just got a couple of key pieces that I think are tough to hide. Well, let me ask you this, you know, we're talking about the players, you know, how about the coaching, man? Um, can Doc do it? Can Doc get it done? Is he getting it done, you know, well enough for you right now? Uh, well enough. You know, I think he has his <laughs> his blinders that I disagree with him on for sure. You know, What's I think that, this, playing younger guys. Yeah, and and I mean, they just signed another guy who I think is is pretty well washed, but is going to be in that rotation. I think ahead of Paul Reed, and it's decisions like that that make me question it. You know, I think they have not been the most locked in. You know, Doc Rivers comes in and he talks about changing the culture. Uh, their habits have not been as good as you would hope them to be. Defensively, uh, attention to detail throughout the regular season. Uh, do I have my concerns with Doc? Yeah, I mean, he's been historically pretty slow to adjust in the playoffs. And the I think, generally speaking, Doc does a pretty good job of finding a base scheme to execute in the regular season. And I think he's been slow at times throughout his career to adjust in the playoffs. And that concern is certainly still there. Hmm. Well, let, let's talk about Harden um, and what he is now, Derek, and, and, and what – Yes, he has to defend. There's no question about it. But but the way that he is facilitating the offense and the way he sort of adapted his game, uh, do do you look at him 
what you're seeing this year from what we saw last year, which granted was tough. He came over here late, but is he a guy who has adapted his game to make everybody around him better? Or is this more out of necessity? How do you view Harden right now? Well, I think, I think it's a combination of both. I think certainly he has taken a step or two back athletically and he couldn't be the same James Harden. He was not only with Houston, but even a couple of years ago when he first got to the nets before he hurt that hamstring, I don't think he could carry an offense the same way that he did back then. Uh, but I do think he, I think it, it made sense for him to adapt his game to play alongside Joel Embiid. He's going to run a lot more, you know, pick and roll a lot more being a setup man, making those pocket passes to get you all into the spots that he wants. And I think he's done a really good job of that. And on top of that, I think he's, you know, we've seen him now against the nets and Nick Claxton. Um, and last night against Mobley where he's gotten into the paint, uh, off of some pretty good defenders who are, are long and can move their feet. I do think he is changing gears quicker than he did last year. You know, I think having another year to come back off the hamstring has helped him. Is he back to where he was in his prime? No, he's, you know, in his early to mid 32, 33, whatever he's at. But I think he looks better. And I think that little bit is key because he has so many, you know, ways he can change direction that he can get you off balance. And last year, even when he got you off balance, he just didn't have quite enough to explode out of that move and get by his guy. This year, I think he's doing a better job of that. And when he does that, because he is such an elite passer, and because the Sixers do have quite a few, you know, catch and shoot spot up shooters, I think he is playing the style of play that they need him to play. And, you know, offensively, I have a lot fewer question marks right now than I had at this time last year mm-hmm. about James Harden. And that, that that's big. Uh, mm-hmm. You do need him to buy in more defensively. I'm not holding my breath on that. He has a pretty established track record on that side of the court. But offensively, they're when they're they're clicking, they're a very tough team to stop. Derek, the role of Maxi right now coming off the bench is that is that the best suited role for him in, 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 in on this Eagles uh, Eagles team, Sixers team right now, or do you eventually see him sliding back into the starting lineup? You know, I think if you would have looked at what they were hoping to accomplish with this change, which is, you know, you want to get a, a little better, a little more defense on the perimeter, a little more size defensively, and maybe put Maxi in a spot where he can attack more. You know, Maxi's been pretty up and down. Ever since the change, he's talked about how this has been a little tough for him to adjust to, and their defense has not trended in the right direction. You know, I think through the rest of this this season, I would expect them to keep Melton in the starting lineup and continuing going with what they have. But I think long term, I do think he slots back in that starting lineup. That might be next year, mm. but I don't think you can have you know Harden here long term and Max coming off the bench long term. I think eventually those two need to figure out how to work together. And I think that mostly comes down on the defensive side of the court. I do think they can play off of each other offensively, uh, but I think long-term he will be back in the starting lineup. I just don't think it's going to be this year. And Derek, I know he's a bit inconsistent offensively, but just talk about the impact and what you think Melton brings to the table. The Anthony uh, Melton, not Shake Melton. Melton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, look, this is a team that has a lot of one-way players, whether that is, you know, George Niang off the bench, James Harden. Uh, there just aren't very, or, previously Matisse Thibel and even in his place now Jalen McDaniels, they have different weaknesses, but there's very few players on this team who are two-way players. And for him to be that, for him to be able to play off-ball, for him to be able to give you a little bit creating with the ball in his hands and to hold up on on, on defense, just having somebody you can put up in pretty much any lineup combination, it's something they don't have very much of. Uh, he's been he's been very good. He's been one of, the I think, the key off-season additions across the league, or at least the under-the-radar off-season acqu- acquisitions. And, you know, with Daryl Morey, some of his role players have been hit or miss. Daniel House is out of the rotation. P.J. Tucker has, I think, been disappointing for a lot of people. Well, Melton's a, a pretty big win. And he's not only under contract this year, but he has under contract next year as well under a very team-friendly deal. Uh, that was a, a real key acquisition. He's been, he's been real good. 
Let me follow up on, on Tucker. Uh, you know, I, I think anybody who expected him to come in and average 12 points a game, they were kidding themselves. They haven't been watching him. But what aspects has he disappointed in your estimation? Is he not as active defensively, rebounding, doing dirty work? What, what, and is he saving himself for the postseason? That's the theory with some. What do you think is going on with Tucker? Yeah. I, well, I, I think, first of all, he went through, you know, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a crisis in confidence because crisis might be a little bit too strong. But he was certainly, I think, um, second guessing his shot a little more than he had in previous years. And a big part of that is he, I mean, he, he, he missed um, for quite a bit. Like he was not on target. And I don't think I necessarily expected that. Like he's never been a high volume shooter, but he's always been a willing shooter mm. since he entered the rotation with Houston all those years ago. So I think that was part of it. And I do think like some of the, the Sixers, I think at times can overhelp defensively. And I think he was chief among them. I think maybe because the Sixers have quite a few defenders who can be taken off the dribble. I think he was out of position maybe more than I expected. Uh, so I think it's mostly those two. Um, but he went like two months where he was, you were playing four on five on offense. And that was, you know, whenever we talk about yeah. him, like that was, <laughs> that's the number one thing. It was, it was, it was tough to watch at times. Uh, defensively, I, you know, he's probably taken a half step back, maybe a step back. I do think he's still good, especially like man to man. I think he can, he can really help you there. Um, but they need to, he's been playing better lately and they need him to, uh, they need him to earn those minutes because he, they don't have very many one-on-one defenders. Well, Derek, let me look at this. Let me ask you this then. Looking, you know, going into the playoffs, where do they need to be to optimize their chances of getting to the finals or even getting close to the finals, you know? Because at this point, I don't think um, it'll be fair them playing against the Celtics um, you know, or Milwaukee. You know, where would you think would be the best way of getting slotted and, and having some success in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you would obviously th- – especially with the the Nets taking a step back, I don't think you have to worry about that all that much. You know, I think the first round matchup, you've pretty much got a, a pretty set in stone top four in the East uh, with, you know, the Bucks and the Celtics and the Sixers and the Cavs who, who just came in here last night. And after that, I think they should, if, you know, if, if we're sitting here trying to debate which one of the remaining teams they should play in the first round, then you're probably not a true title contender anyway. But right, I think right, when, you, right. when, you, when you look at it and you're looking at, you know, the Nets with their reworked team, and look, they've got a lot of really good defenders. I expect them to be a good good defensive squad. Uh, Bridges dropped, I think, a career-high 45 last yeah. night. So you look to see how he's going to react in that new role. But you should be able to beat that Brooklyn team, the Knicks, the Heat, the Hawks. Like, all of those teams, I'm not looking at any of them and, you know, really sweating them. Uh, so I think they're in a pretty good spot here. They do have an exceptionally tough schedule here in March, a road-heavy schedule, a very jam-packed mm-hmm. schedule. I think they play something like 17 games in the month of March and a lot of tough opponents. So they, you could see them struggle relatively compared to what they've been doing lately. But they should stay in the top four, and I think as long as they stay in the top four, they should be good to go. See, Derek, I was going to ask you, when you look at the last 25 games, that's a monster schedule for this team. Yeah. As you sit here and you navigate through it, what do you need to see from this team to make you feel comfortable about them as they get ready to go yeah. into the playoffs? Well, I think a lot of it is is defensively. Like, Can Doc find the right rotations? Can they <clears throat> he push the right buttons to get them competing? defensively uh night in night out and can they just maintain their focus a little more like last night was the perfect example they went yep. up against a Cavs team who i think had won seven in a row they were a their top three ranked uh defense in the league and they had two guards who are really tough to to defend mm-hmm. and they pummeled them in the first half up 25 at halftime uh, they were playing executing extremely well on both sides of the ball and then you come out at halftime and it's like they're already on all-star break and they completely fall asleep and that happens a lot where they you know not only take their foot off the gas, but become completely disinterested. And you look at it, and you know, they've won 12 of the last 15 or whatever, and they've 
you know, one of the best records in the league since the beginning of December. They have these moments where they take their foot off the gas and it doesn't cost them. But in the playoffs, when you're talking about Boston and Milwaukee, it absolutely will. So you look at, at the increase in, in, in competition here coming up in the ne- next month and a half. Um, can they navigate that without having those, those periods where they let up? Because they will have to to continue winning at this rate. Regarding Embiid, uh, Derek, um, another incredible season. There's no question about that. We talked about the foot being sore, but you look what he's doing. I mean, 33 and, and 10 and 53%, 85% from the free throw line, which kind of gets overlooked sometimes. What he does on the defensive side of this thing. It, it, could this be the year he finally cracks the MVP thing? Or do you think that's just out of the question for him for whatever weird reason that people may have against yeah. Whatever the um, process or something else, I it, it's I think it's going to down come down to him and Jokic once again. Yeah. And you know I do think this is a year. I, I know the ESPN straw poll just came out today, and he was third. Yeah, Jokic um, was first. Jokic mm-hmm. was first, but Embiid yep. was tenth uh, the last time there was a straw poll. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I think momentum is building towards Embiid for MVP. I do think there is a little bit of Jokic fatigue, but when you look at the numbers that he puts up and the fact that Denver currently is first in the West and it's going to be like, I would still say Jokic is probably the favorite, whether he should be or not. I think there's a real chance Jokic could repeat. Now Embiid is having a truly incredible season. And I think if the, if the Sixers continue to push for a top seed in the East, I think he has a chance. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> It's, it's what what is it do you think i mean what what seems I, i'm taking nothing away from Jokic, but he doesn't play on the other the other end like Embiid does so yeah what, no what Embiid is, is definitely a better two-way player um i think a big part of it is Jokic just a, he like sort of breaks our brains and the way he is able to run an offense and put up <laughs> those kind of numbers we're just not used to seeing from a a seven footer and i think that uniqueness and breaking sort of the mold is something that i think voters react to and his numbers are just, I mean, he shoots like 60% from the field on high volume with absurd passing numbers. And he's a blast. To watch. It's tough because I love Jokic and the way he plays and the style and the impact he makes on offense. He's a, a point guard in a seven footer's body and he might be the best passer in the game right now. But like there's a massive difference on the off on the defensive side of the court. I think to all, you know, I think I think part of the problem is we become very, and myself included, like I like to utilize stats um, to help describe what's going on on the court. But I think we do a much worse job of that on defense. I don't think we do a good job of encapsulating a player's impact and the scheme they're playing in. So I think that helps, you know, where Jokic is weak might not be represented in stats all that well. And I think that's part of it as well. Hey, Derek, when you look at all the wheelings and dealings that went on before the trade deadline, um, um, uh, across the league, not just in the East, but across the league, who do you think has now put themselves in a much better position to get to the finals? Well, I mean, Kevin Durant and Phoenix is the obvious okay. one. Uh, okay. That's not, I don't think, breaking any news there. Um, you know, I think what was interesting is the Eastern Conference relatively didn't, you know, didn't do a whole lot. You know, Boston added Muscala, Crowder went to Milwaukee, but more or less the top four teams in the East, um, you know, Cleveland didn't really do anything. Miami traded salary, which ended up on the Sixers, to lower their luxury tax bill. The Sixers didn't do anything massive. They, they added a rotation piece, but nothing massive. So I think the Eastern Conference, especially the top, outside of obviously Brooklyn blowing things up, stayed relatively um, the same. But, I mean, the Phoenix Suns might be the favorite for the title right now. So they're certainly the, uh, 
the, the biggest one there. And I, mm. I do think the Lakers got better. It's just I don't think they got better enough where it should matter. Mm. Let me ask you, and I, I won't even bring up his name, uh, but did Brooklyn get better in a weird way? You got Kyrie out of there, Durant out of mm. there. They add Michael Bridges. They add some other pieces, Dinwiddie, guys who actually want to play basketball, you know, that kind of thing. Are they better than they were? I know it sounds nuts, but the, what's your thought? I wouldn't say they're better this year, but they I think they're in a really good spot going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a, a bunch of draft picks, and a lot of the players they got back have really good trade value, especially when you look at someone like Bridges. You, know, you could There was a report that he they were offered four first-round picks for him. So you got the picks that you got for Durant, um, the picks that you got from the Sixers for uh, Harden. And I think given how much they mortgaged for that, that big three, um, the paper champions, and considering the way that it all blew up in their face, I think they recovered and pivoted very well. So I think they're well set up for the future. Um, but I do think they're, you know, I, I think they're going to be an annoying opponent in the first round. I just don't think they have quite as much fire, quite enough firepower to really be all that dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to be necessarily better this year, but I think they're in a, a very good spot. And I, uh, I'm honestly surprised with what they got. Like, obviously, when you trade Kevin Durant, you're going to get a lot back. Mm-hmm. But I think what they got, with Cam Johnson, with Bridges, with all those draft picks, uh, I think they did very well for themselves. And I think it was right for them to trade him now rather than waiting until the summer when he was probably going to ask out and you're going to have less leverage. So I, mm. I think they did well. Hey, Derek, coming back to the 76ers for just a moment, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't think Harden would be as effective as he has been as a facilitator um, as much as a scorer. I, I, I thought because he was so one-dimensional in terms of being this prolific scorer, that being more of a facilitator might hurt his overall game. I think he's a better all-around player now because he's enhanced that aspect of his game. Yeah. No, I think he, you know, he's always been a good passer. Uh, at, but with Houston, it was more like there was so much attention brought on him by the defense Yeah. that you just surrounded him with four shooters, put him in the corners. Not all of them. You can't put four players in corners. Put shooters in the corners, put shooters around him, and let him create for them whereas now it's he's you know i think he's certainly diversified the way he can attack and he's embraced it and i think that's really Mm -hmm. the difference um it would have been easy for him to come here especially because he is uh probably going to opt out and going to be free agent next summer to try to show that he was old james harden i think if if he would have done that he would have failed Mm -hmm. so i give him a lot of credit for not needing the shots for not needing to completely dominate the ball the way he did in houston and for adapting because i do think he's always had good court vision and I think that's always been a strength of his game and maybe overlooked at times because he was averaging, you know, 30 odd points per game with the Rockets. But the style that he's he's creating those shots out of, uh, I think has been it's been impressive to watch. He's he's been almost exactly what they need from him offensively. Any and, idea if he's back, Derek? I know they the you know the floated Houston story and all that kind of stuff, but uh do do you think he'll be back here? I I think there's a certainly a greater than 50-50 chance. I don't know exactly how far up that would go, but I think certainly when you combine, you know, Maury being here and the interest obviously being there, but the Sixers being in the right spot in terms of, you know, he gives them a chance to contend and they wouldn't be able to replace him if he left. And, you know, Houston, you know, is he maybe, does he have a connection to the city? Does he have family still living there? Sure. But I think the Houston rumor was much more, they need somebody to play the Sixers off of so they can get the most money possible. Right. Not so much that he's dis- disinterested or dissatisfied with Philadelphia. I would expect him to be back. Um, I think it's probably going to be at a, a a number, a salary number that's going to make me 
completely uncomfortable and will probably make most people completely uncomfortable <laughs> considering he's going to be what 33 34 when next season starts. Yeah, everybody except Daryl Morey will be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But I I do think I I expect him to be back and he just hired a, a an agent for the first time in maybe 6 or so years so that tells you he's probably going to negotiate for every dollar he can get because this is his last major contract. Mm-hmm. All right, last one from me. Are you are you buying the Knicks in any way shape or form? No. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I I don't buy their offense at all. I'm not a very big Randall fan. I think they've got some nice pieces, but I still think they need a, you know, they, they need that one true star to make uh, everything fall into line. I lied. Uh, Boston or Milwaukee, the team to beat. I think Boston is more dependable two way. Uh, okay. Certainly Milwaukee, I think has been there and I think they have the best player out of that group. So you give them a puncher's chance, but I think uh, Boston is the best constructed team in the East. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good mm. stuff. Derek, listen, man, keep up the good work. Uh, Appreciate we you, man. Enjoy the, enjoy a little break here. They're off for, for another, what, eight days, whatever it is, yep. seven days. Uh, you can, you can uh, check out his daily six newsletter, go to daily at Derek Bodner, NBA is where you can link up to all of his uh, all of his stories and, and great updates on the Sixers. We appreciate it, Derek. Thanks for jumping on, man. All Thank right, Cooper. You, appreciate it, bro. Oh, yeah. Bye to Cooper. See you later, Bye Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> Bye, Cooper. All right, Derek. Uh, always good catching up with him, man. That's for sure. All right, uh, guys, let's hit it. We'll come back. Mike Quick's going to join us. Uh, we'll get the latest on what's happening uh, with him. He called the game with Merrill Reese. Uh, he was out there. We'll see where he stands on this thing uh, a few days removed uh, to, to soak it all in. And we will dig into that when we get back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you on this Thursday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Razor technology. All right, hybrid work. Future of work isn't remote or in person. It's a hybrid model. In facing this new reality, businesses must reimagine their workplaces to align with preferences and needs of modern employees. Razor technology helps businesses create a workplace that gives their teams flexibility in choosing how and where they put in their hours. Online platforms for communication and collaboration combined with secure and adaptable mobile devices are enabling hybrid meetings and experiences that are nearly on par with in-person events. So everyone can feel like they're part of the conversation. Employees with strong social connections with their team report better well-being, higher productivity, and stronger retention rates. Razor technology helps growing organizations adapt to hybrid environments with industry-leading digital tools and insightful guidance that promotes efficiency and workplace satisfaction. Learn more by calling Razor Technology at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Rob, the chair, sports day, hanging out with you on this lovely, lovely rainy now uh, Wednesday. Hope you're doing well out there. We're going to have Mike Quick joining us in a little bit. Uh, looking forward to talking to Q, getting his take on everything that's going on with this Eagles, uh, you know, interesting offseason, you know, I mean, really more than anything else, this is going to be uh, a challenge. You know, the nice thing is you got the quarterback in place. You got a lot of pieces in place on offense, but there's a lot of question marks with the coordinators and certainly with the uh, with the defensive side of the ball. You know, that's also what we're hearing is Vance Joseph will be someone that, that will brought in for an interview. Uh, of course, Denard Wilson is, is uh, you know, the man who's already in place in house uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, not to say that it's a done deal that Brian Johnson's getting the gig. Uh, but Howie and Nick Sirianni are going to be speaking in a little bit. Maybe we'll we'll get a further a little more insight. Maybe the picture gets a little clearer, guys. Uh, after they speak, you know, who knows? They, they may oh. just play very close to the best. Excuse me, guys. This dog got out. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, but it will be interesting they also, to see where they end up going here. The, um, they also say that um, <clears throat> Nick Rollis is also a guy that, you know, up and coming guy that people are talking about as far as being a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's he's one of those new, innovative type of guys. Um. If they did bring in a guy like Vance Joseph, it would be what this city has been asking for. A guy that's going to blitz more so than run base offense defensively. Yeah. He's a guy that brings the blitz a lot. Um, It's more of a 3-4 system, but it's a 3-4 system that one gaps. 
usually when you run three, four system, you have the nose and the two tackles are two gappers, meaning they stay like the, the nose guard will stand the center up and the defensive ends will stand the tackles up mm-hmm. and they'll have, you know, gaps on either side of them. So they won't be a penetrating type of defense, but you blitz with the linebackers from, you know, the four linebackers. Right. Well, Vance is a little different. His is actually almost an overfront. Overfront meaning it looks like a 3-4, but they'll kick the the, the um, tackle down to a th- the end down to a three and bring an outside linebacker on the outside, and it'll look like a four-down look. Mm-hmm. But you could, you know, those will be one gappers. They'll be responsible for one gap. Then they bring a lot of blitzes from that. Right. From what we have on the team right now. Yeah. Are they better suited guys, for that? I think they are. I think that's exactly what the doctor ordered for the guys that have that are on contract right now. Put it like that. Mm-hmm. They're under contract mm-hmm. right now. You know, and I have to, you know, keep prefacing that. The guys that are on contract right now will fit that system. So, when you look at a guy like um, uh, Milton Williams, he's a guy that can play in the three. He can play that head up, no um, tackle over the over over the, the end over the tackle. He can play that. The guys they have on the outside are linebacker s type of pass rushers. You got Hassan Reddick, Patrick Johnson, Kyron Ky- Johnson. Mm-hmm. You look at um, you look at the guy they put at the nose and at the three technique. You got Jordan Davis. You got Marlon Tuipolotu. Uh, mm-hmm. Those guys are just traditional nose guards. that were one gap, but they'd be there to, um, to, to you know, kind of hold space. So they kind of fit that system. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'll fit the system that he wants to run. And they have guys that can blitz. I mean, N'Kobe Dean will be a hell of a blitzer. He's small, but you get he gets lost in everything, and that's kind of what you want from a blitzer. Reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of um, Potsy. Uh, uh, I forget we, Potsy. Um, James Ferrier. We call okay. We call him Potsy, but James Ferrier, same type of guy, Larry Foot type of player. Okay, you know, hit back at him. Foot, not necessarily big linebackers, but linebackers that can run, evade. You know, people touching them. So they, you know, they really have what you would term as a three-four, almost base three-four type of team. When it comes to the guys up front, now the linebackers just be linebackers, you know, but they have rush in linebackers like in a three, four system. So, I mean, if you get pointed in the right direction, it'll be an easy transition for them to bring in a guy like um, uh, Vance Joseph. Okay. Yeah. So, Gunner, we were just talking about, you know, just, just where this could end up going here. Um, you know, if it is Vance Joseph, that they could maybe go to a three, four, that kind of stuff. Don, are you muted? Considering the volume of turnover this team could have, um, they could bring in a bunch of players who are more adept to a three-four as well. Yep. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to switch as many players to a three-four. Um, you, you would be looking for players who played that both in the college levels and the pro level, for that right. matter. So it might not be. And plus, Reddick Reddick played for him, so. You know, um, that's it, a good point. It's not a bad idea. It's mm-hmm. not a bad idea at all. Yeah, it's a good uh, point. That it could happen. But if right. you, but whoever you hire, if you hire, whoever you're hiring outside of 
elevating someone else inside. Mm-hmm. You're going to allow them to come in here and bring their scheme, whatever that scheme is. And the existing players will have to adapt. And a new wave of players coming in will be players that are comfortable in that system. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to the man himself. And he called Super Bowl 57 along with his partner, Marl Reese, for 94. WIP has done an amazing job as the Eagles radio color analyst for a very long time after a storied NFL career. And he's an Eagles Hall of Famer. And he joins us right now. Mike Quick, what's going on, Q? Hey, man. What's happening, Rob? And the gang, what's, what's going, up, going on, man? How's it going, bro? You know, we're still licking the wounds a little bit, man. It's, not, not, not quite there yet on this Thursday. How about you? Yeah, I understand that. And, and let me correct you. He's the man. I'm the man next to the man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a bad place to be. The man next to the man either. That's not bad. The little guy is the man. I'm the man next to the man. But yeah, I think we're we're all probably you know stinging still just a little bit from the loss. But um, and it was. It, at the end of this thing, there's only going to be one of the 32 teams that are satisfied with their season. Yeah. And all the other 31 teams, although you get there right on the doorstep and you don't get it, you're just as disappointed as the teams that didn't even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well Absolutely said. right, man. But when, when you looked at the game, well, going into the game, yeah, how positive are you that the Eagles can go out and pull a victory out against – Big Red and, and, and Patrick Mahomes? Well, I felt pretty good about the Eagles' chances of winning the game. In fact, I, I was I remember saying to someone, I'm not even comfortable in how good I feel about their chances. Right. Because I really felt like the Eagles were the better football team, top to bottom, if you look at the rosters. Mm-hmm. But you know, it doesn't always pan out that way, and we all know that. But I, I still, I, I just believe that the Eagles were going to win the game. I thought that they're better football team, well coached. They've done all the things the right way to get to this point. Um, and I thought that they had enough in the room to when so the night before the game, um, Nick didn't even speak. He had all the vet, he had a lot of the veterans or key veterans get up and kind of talk about, you know, the moment and where they are and taking advantage of the moment. And I know that they have strong veteran leadership on the team and you know after hearing about that, I just felt like this team's ready. They're going to get it done. So, yeah, it's it's very disappointing, and it's hard to swallow, and even, you know, three, four days afterwards. Mike, there's so many different elements to this game that still make you scratch your head in bafflement. And one that really sticks out is Nick Sirianni deciding to go for the three points instead of forward on fourth and six. Huh. When his, his fourth down conversion had been 73% the entire season. Yeah. You know, A.J. Brown came out and said after the game, he said it was at that point I felt the possibility we were going to lose this game. Did you feel that way at that point that Nick gave up a golden opportunity to really stick it in and to put that much more pressure on on the Chiefs? Well, I don't want to put it all on Nick, um, but the decision-making to that point had been very aggressive. Yeah. And and I felt like um, that's just the way they are. That's who they are. And you really, just based on the history, you expect Nick to go for it in that situation. Yeah. Especially given, you know, the hit rate for that team because they can do it in so many ways. Yeah. So I just think he went away from – like who he down deep, who he is, is that guy that wants to go for it in those tough situations. And I think at that moment he got away from who, you know, who he is and what got him to that point. Mm. 
That's like, exactly had, had, you, too. had you heard anything pregame day before guys talking about the turf at all? Had you heard any, any whispers, you know, prior to kickoff that guys are out there falling all over the place, you know, warmups or anything, or was it, was it a big surprise to you the way that it was, you know, as, as moist, wet, whatever the heck was going on there as it was. Well, it was a surprise to me because I know that they have um, backup fields there. You know, this is one of these new wave uh, facilities where the field, the actual field itself, they can roll out of the stadium, mm-hmm. roll off to the side, roll in a fresh turf. And that's what they did. But whatever the treatment was prior to that evidently wasn't the best for football. Maybe it was better for the other football where you don't touch the ball with your hands. But <laughs> it really wasn't conducive to the type of football that these guys play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very thin, tight turf. Uh, it, it looks like a turf that you can definitely run on. I mean, a turf that's built for speed, but the cutting, the stopping cutting that you have to do in football, uh, it wasn't the best surface for that. Mm. So the guy, the, um, the guy that really, that, um, really made the turf or, or, or produced the turf as a, as a, as a golf guy. So, you know, he's probably, you you know, you'll probably be one of his biggest fans. You know, my, how much golf you play, man. But Toma, I mean, George, George playing, Toma. Yeah. yeah, you're a different. It's a different surface than playing golf than it is playing in the NFL, man. And and you saw that the Chiefs they didn't change their cleats at all. You know, what was that all about? You know, were we that unprepared to go in with this, with that field, or what? What do you think? Hey, maybe maybe they knew something that we didn't because I did see. I didn't pay much attention to the Chiefs and how much. Or if, <laughs> Spikes, but I saw several of the Eagles guys changing their spikes because of how much they were slipping, particularly the defensive backs. When they came out and they were going through their regular uh, pregame drills, I saw a lot of slipping going on there. Mm. Michael, let, let's talk a little bit about the from a defensive standpoint. The, you know, their their calling card had been getting to the quarterback and finishing them, and I know it's Patrick Mahomes, and that's tough. It's not easy to bring that guy down, but no sacks. Um, is that probably the aspect that surprised you most about this game, that the defense wasn't able to be more effective than they were? No question, without without a doubt. And, you know, not just the sacks, but the lack of pressures. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot of pressures where they were making him, like, just run around. Yeah, he runs around a little bit because he's Patrick Mahomes. Even when he doesn't have to, he wants to get on the move sometimes because he's so good on the move. But – I thought with the two offensive linemen, even Orlando uh, Brown, and I know Brown's really good, um, Andrew Wiley on the right side, I was sure that he was going to give up a little more sacks pressures, and it just wasn't happening. I thought that Josh Sweat and uh, – BG uh, or, or – Well, BG, of course, but Hassan Reddick. I thought yeah. Sweat Reddick would definitely get a lot more pressure than, than they did. They would get more hits on the quarterback. That uh, just wasn't there. The offensive line for KC, they did a whole lot better than I expected them to do. Mm-hmm. Mike? Well, aided by – let me – sorry. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Aided by the smart play calling of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes, no question about it. Mike, this uh, for, for a team that was at the highest of highs in terms of success, stats build up this season, now we're sitting here wondering, will it be the lowest of lows? You're down two coordinators, 
at least seven of your defensive players could be potential free agents. Yeah. Um, this is one of the biggest turnovers that this organization has seen in quite some time. Where did it go from here? Because I don't. I, we we assume they're going to build a playoff caliber team. The offense is going to take care of a lot of things. Yeah. But I think we're going to be spoiled in some ways by the overall success of this defense because it's not going to be nearly what we're accustomed to seeing. Where does this team go from here? Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, I, I like you. I feel like there's going to be huge turnover in the offseason with new coaches coming in. And I, I don't think we've seen all the coaches that are going to leave. Yeah. I'm sure Shane's going to have a couple of guys that he's going to take with him. I know Jonathan Gannon has a couple of guys that he's going to also take um, out to Arizona. So it's not just the roster of players and those two coordinators. Yeah. A lot of those guys who are really tied into those guys that were doing going through every little detail of the drills, the guys that really got to know these players, several of those guys are no longer here. So now you bring in new guys, and that whole time that it takes to know what these guys are, know what situation you can put them in and be able to count on those guys in those situations. Dude, there's a whole process here that that's going to have to take some time to fill itself out before players know coaches and and respect them and trust them and vice versa. That takes a lot of time. And this doesn't happen just over a training camp, especially the way training camps are run today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Happen overnight. This takes time. And so with this roster turnover, with this coaching staff turnover, there's a lot to be done there. Yeah. No question. There's that traditional hangover too. When you when you lose a Super Bowl, it's always yeah. tough. That's right. Mike, on, on a positive note, excluding the one, it was a big mistake, but Jalen Hurts was amazing. Just just flat out unbelievable in that game. And, you know, let's face it, we hadn't really seen him throw it particularly well. And didn't have to, but particularly well since coming back from the shoulder, right? Uh, did he, I mean, obviously he's yeah. going to get paid in the offseason, but how encouraging was that on the grandest of stages? Well, you said what I think because he didn't have to. I think he was in a situation where he had to make big throws and he made big throws, and I thought he was outstanding. The one thing that the Eagles don't have to worry about in the offseason, the quarterback position, other than getting mm-hmm. – and he will get paid. But that position, I think they have to bring in a better backup than the backup quarterback that he, they went with this year. Um, but that position is pretty much locked up. It's a really good place for them to be. Mike, Miles Sanders down the stretch, um, obviously, was not the same running back that we watched. Uh, right. Cum- accumulate a 1,000 yards rushing. And then I was told that that hit he took on his first carry, I mean, sw- swelled his hand up like bees stung him. Yeah. So that didn't, that didn't help his situation as well. Um, you know how the Eagles are with the running backs. Uh, they, 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 don't, they don't look for a primary running back. They like running backs by committee. Is it a foregone conclusion that Miles Sanders will be wearing somebody else's uniform next year? Uh, I tend to think he's going to be in another uniform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just based on the whole landscape. Um, I I know he rushed for over 1200 yards this year and and he had a really good year. Um, but yeah, down the stretch when it was crucial, I thought too many times they were willing to go with Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott. That's right. Miles Sanders for various reasons. And if that is the case, and I, I could see them moving on from Miles because there are going to be some other young guys. You know, Boston Scott, mm-hmm. I think, and when they started to really give 
Kenny Gainwell, more opportunities. You saw a lot of production out of him. Um, burst, he's explosive. He can catch the ball. He's a bad. It's hard to match up with Kenny Gainwell. He's a mm -hmm. tough matchup. And, you know, he presses the hole. And Boston Scott, I just think that you have to give him – whenever they give Boston Scott opportunities, Boston Scott comes up big. I don't know. And I just think he, he can do it anytime you need him or ask him to do it. Well, let me ask you this then. You know, let's, let's flip to the other side of the ball. Who would be your number one and number one A must-sign back um, player on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, do you realistically think that he, he's going to entertain – the money that they're going to try to give him as opposed to what people are going to try to give out in the open market. I just think if you're paying a quarterback, it's going to be hard for you to pay Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Well, I just – there's going to be – you know, there's 20-plus added to the salary cap this yes. year. 20-plus mm -hmm. million to the salary cap. Um, and when you when you go through the, what you have to pay the quarterback – there's still going to be a lot of ways that Howie Roseman can manipulate the salary cap and mm -hmm. can manipulate the money that he has to sign certain guys. To me, that the main guy that's going to be a free agent on the defensive side, I think, is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I think his addition to the secondary made the secondary a much better secondary. Absolutely. Ford, if you got Reed Blankenship back there, you got Marcus Epp. You got Chauncey, you got Devontae. You've got to do something at, at one of the corner spots. In fact, I think you should do something at both the corner spots and making that position stronger. Um, you know, that's, that's to me, how you start to really build this defense. Mm, interesting, both corner spots. Um, yeah. If Kelsey sticks around, Mike, do you think they would plug in Jurgens and say Amalo spot? Do you think that's a possibility if he if he gets a big money offer somewhere else, say Amalo? I think that's a strong possibility. Yeah, I think it is. And so there are going to be some guys that you're going to want to keep. And Isaac may be a guy just because of the money that you've got to spread to other places of priority. And you got to figure out, and, and you know, how is the best at this, in my opinion, right now? He's a guy that, you know, four or five years ago, we all were throwing stones at. But right now, it's bouquets because he's done such a good job with this roster. And I just believe that he will come up with a way and hopefully to keep both. Mm -hmm. But there's a chance that you, you, you lose, say, Amalu, but And absolutely, Jurgens can step in and play that position. You got Jim Stoutland or Jeff Stoutland. And Stoutland is, Stoutland is that dude, man. He yeah, just, he is how to make it work with these big guys in the trenches. Mm -hmm. is, is that the toughest part of this, Mike? Not, like, you know, the depth that this team had is so rare in that league. It's yeah. so hard to have this many good players, even in the backup positions. Is that probably the toughest part of that, that pill to swallow with, with not winning it Sunday? Yeah. The fact that here, a couple of things, I'm glad you mentioned that because the other thing that comes to mind when, when you're saying that is the health that this team, you know, the, the the health that you have the latter part of the season is so important. Yep. The guys that you don't have, the key, if you have your key guys, that means so much when you get to the playoffs, get to the 
games to get into the playoffs and in the postseason. There's so many. It's so important to have the guys that you want to have, you expect to have, that are key guys to your success. Mm-hmm. This team was very healthy. Uh, many of us didn't understand the way they went about training camp, but I think they started a training camp building for the long haul, expecting to get to the postseason. And they took care of players all along the way. I'm not used to that kind of taking care of people. I'm used to guys working their tails off. And, That's right. right, right, right. We're dinosaurs now. You know? <laughs> used to the grind. I'm used to getting ready by the grind. These guys, they take a more cerebral approach. They have rest days. They have, they Maintenance have like, days. Yeah. yeah, like uh, pitch counts, like the like the baseball pitchers. <laughs> so they look at things differently, and it worked for them because they were healthy. Um, and having that, to me, is a huge part of it. Absolutely, man. I mm. at this point, how do you do, how do you do it? Because I, I I don't think there will be, I don't think there will be a a coordinator left. I think Michael Clay's the next one's going to be out, and not because somebody will come in and take him, but his his special teams just didn't do anything for me, you know. So I thought that was the Achilles' heel of the team. What are the chances he's out there also? Well, you don't want to see anybody get fired. I don't, but there's a good chance that you know they move from that position. I thought they got better as the season progressed, but mm-hmm. they were still. As you said, the Achilles here, they were the weak spot for this team that you could not count on special teams. And when Aaron Sippas went down, um, that hurt the team. A lot. You bring in Kern, and he just doesn't have it anymore. And it was the special teams in general had issues, but when the punter went down, it just made this thing so much weaker as a as a unit and that there was almost a shake that kick up that that um tony had to return on it was a horrible kick it was low it was short and the perfect return ball for a return man yep the darius tony grabs it goes up down the right sideline and it was all their jerseys on the right sideline well it was supposed to be a directional kick the opposite side so it was just messed up all together i mean that's the thing as bad as everything else was, if you don't have that and then Jalen, you know, if, if you could have, would have, should I got it. But if Jalen yeah. doesn't fall, I mean, you, you still probably survive that onslaught in the second half. Yeah, but it was tough. tough. But I tell you this, though, I, I give a lot of credit to Andy Reid and that coaching staff. Absolutely. They put on a clinic in terms of how to use motion to affect the defense, how to use motion to get what you want on the other side of the ball and take advantage of it with the motion. They were really good. It was really um, – it, it was literally a clinic. You can take this in the offseason and start to teach um, other coaches how to use motion to manipulate a defense. Yeah, no question. Well, so what, what's on the agenda now, Mike? A lot of golf? We getting out of town? What are we doing? What, what, what's Mike Quick doing for the next uh, couple of months here? Hey, when you guys leave me alone and allow me <laughs> – Stop talking about this game. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. I called my. I talked to Mike today. He's like, "What do you?" He's like, "What do you want?" And I'm like, "Hi, nice to talk to you too." Mike. I just want to play golf now. I want to go hang out with my grandbabies and play golf. <laughs> hey, Mike. Bad news for you. Bad news, Mike. There's combine, free agency, draft. Um, I don't think we'll ever leave you alone. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
I, I know, D. I'm, I just need a break. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, when you look, I'm glad you brought that point up because I've been talking about that. How surprised are you how Andy Reid has evolved as, as a play caller and an offensive structure? Because the motion in their offense consistently, not just in a Super Bowl, consistently yeah. is the reason why they have been as dominant as they've been over the last five, six years. And nobody has been able to stop it for the most part. D is such a key element to what they do because they they understand adjustments. All right, if you're playing zone, they know exactly what you're gonna do. Or they'll they'll send a motion guy just to just to double check. Okay, they're in zone. Send a motion guy. Okay, this they're here, we're gonna be here. Okay, they're in men. Send a motion guy. Yeah, they're running with you. We know you're in most you're in man, and this is what we do to beat your man. Boom, boom. They they're really good at it. And Andy mm-hmm. Reid, just understanding how to free guys up, using the motion, moving Kelsey around in so many different spots. Mm. And it's just, it, it's it's Andy Reid. He's really good at it. And Eric Bieniemy, don't I wouldn't take anything away from him. He is unbelievable as a play caller. Yes. Those two guys, mm-hmm. what's crazy is, I don't know if you've noticed this, Ted Williams who was the running backs coach for the Eagles for a lot of years. He was there when I was there. Yeah. So Ted's son, Danny, stands behind Andy Reid. You see this little black kid, young guy behind Andy Reid every game, moving whenever Andy moves? That's Ted Williams' son. Wow. Who played played quarterback at Timber Creek High School, and now he's in the league and he's soaking it all in. Wow. In fact, I was texting with Andy the other day, and he said, Danny's sitting here right beside me. Danny moves when Andy moves. He's just soaking in knowledge. Already a very bright young guy, but he's just there and soaking in knowledge for the last few years. Wow. Reed. We know Ted was a um he was the running backs coach my first couple of years back. He was Deuce's coach. Uh, uh um Ricky Waters, Charlie. Then he Warner. moved to tight end. He moved yeah. to tight end coach, and that's what he had like done and all those guys, you know. So yep. one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. Yep. Very knowledgeable. Hey, you mentioned Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy's interviewing in, in Washington now for the offensive court. Does it make you nervous if Bieniemy takes over Washington's offense? Um, I just know that there's another challenge. They, they've added to the challenges that the Eagles have going against Washington. Because yeah. really, he's really a bright guy when it comes mm-hmm. to the strategy for attacking a defense. Mm-hmm. Mike, listen, thank you. Thank, thank you, you all, for all your help all year, man. Thanks, we guys. appreciate it. And we want you to go, go relax, go golf, go, hit them go straight, have, bro. Hit them straight. With the grandbabies and get away from from all of Gunner's craziness. I mean, stay all out of the creek. Stay out of the creeks. Yes. <laughs> hey, man. Always. Hey, I enjoyed you guys all season long. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Thank you, bro. Thank, Thank you, bro. You, appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right. So, guys, let's address a couple of these things. So, uh, Nick Sirianni on the two motion on those two touchdowns, and Mike was just illustrating them the the motion and some of the other stuff that they did. The sky more. And the, and the other touchdown, the Tony touchdown. Tony, yeah. So Sirianni said, execution error on the first motion TD. The second one, they got us. We were in a completely different coverage. So in other words, we, we, had, it, we had it schemed right the first time. The second time, shame on us. I mean, neither one's a good look, but that's, that's according to Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. Then he was asked about the fourth and two and said, I don't regret it. 32 out of 32 coaches would not have gone for it there. He said, yeah, obviously now I look back and I see that punt and what happened. Yes, I would second guess myself in that sense, but not not at the time before we saw the bad punt. 
But that's all. So I'm just giving you that. When asked about uh, how do you replace the coordinators, first thing Sirianni brought up was in-house. We have good in-house options is what he said. Well, I love it. Okay. And, and he said that um, he wants the new OC, whoever it is, to call plays, just like Steichen did. He likes being the, the, the general. He, yeah, he likes being able to just handle all aspects and jump around and not be focused on I like that, actually. I'm good. Well, considering that he already has somebody in-house in Brian Johnson who has watched, listened, and been a part of the offensive structure for two years, that tells me even more so that that's the guy that will get elevated. Because if, even if you bring somebody from the outside, it's got to take a while for them to learn what Nick is thinking. Brian already knows it. So if he wants the OC to call plays, that's that's a natural to have Brian move up and, and assume that role. It, it sounds good for Brian. You know, I mean, I don't know how, what that means yeah. for Bernard Wilson on the other side either, but I'm just saying it sounds good, you know, for sure for for Brian, like it, yeah. to, to, yeah. to to move up. So couple that they're just a couple things um you know and we'll, we'll pass along more as we get hey want to pass this along also tim mccarver passed away uh oh. 81 years old yeah uh you know a, 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 what an impact he had on baseball but in the city of philadelphia he played here in two different stints he was yep. steve carlton's main catcher for a lot of those years uh played a long time in major league baseball and and for more than 20 years was their lead color analyst uh, for for all their playoff and national coverage, no matter you know whatever the network was, but and McCarver was one hell of a broadcaster on top of everything else. So Barrett, longtime Cardinal as well, um, but he he passed away at uh, at the age of eighty one. I loved listening to him on broadcast. Uh, I loved his insights, his enthusiasm, his overall knowledge of the game. You know, we listened to a lot of different broadcasters, but. He was he was above many that we listened to calling baseball games. Yes, yeah, agreed, agreed. So pass that along. All right, we will. Uh, let's do this. Let's come back and let's dig a little bit deeper into some of the things that Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman, had to say regarding the Super Bowl. Uh, and we'll get into a couple other odds and ends. A really nice gesture from Michael Jordan, who is on the eve of his uh, a big birthday for him. We'll get into our birthdays, our movies, all those kind of things as we close things out. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible 
While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. segment of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We talked a little bit earlier to Derek Bodner, to Mike Quick. If you missed any of those interviews, just go to jacobsports.com or a Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You can catch them in their entirety. Uh-oh. Uh, yes, yes, Rob. Yes, sir. You, you've had a rough day, Rob, and, and I don't want to bring this to your attention, but I must. Okay. Nick Sirianni just says special teams coordinator Mike Clay will return in 2023. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to do this, Rob. But your effect on getting people fired has worn off. You, 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 you were like the Eagles. You were dominant for so long, and in the biggest moment, you came up short in terms boy, of getting oh somebody fired. So Michael Clay, and now I can tell you guys, that your people – did I not did I not tell you earlier this in the show yep. that Michael Clay was coming back? Yep. You saw what I texted you? Yep. You you saw I I didn't you, I know you didn't want to believe it. No. I don't want to believe it either. Bro, I'm not bro, happy about it. It's not over yet. It's not over. We mean it's not over. We're not done. We're not done. That has been solidified. If the head coach has come out and said it today on February 16th, that means it is etched in stone for 2023, Mr. Brooks. Wow. Well, I'm just saying I, 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 I've witnessed. Well, yeah, that's wrong. That's that's different. <laughs> so I was about to say, you know, when 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 uh, Doug was here, Doug said the same thing. What happened? Remember that now, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but this is Sirianni. Yeah, I know he has power to to um to 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 make coaching decisions. So it's a lot different from Doug. Doug didn't have that power. Well, I, I look, yeah. I, I'll take it. As long as Sippos isn't here, I can live with that. I'm not happy about it, but as long as Sippos is out, uh, you know, I'll deal with it. Ray right. says Clay should be on probation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
What if I told you there's a good possibility Sipos will be your punter in 23? No, I, that I won't. I won't accept. There will be problems. I, I'll be marching okay, down. Just remember on this day that I told you this. Okay, I believe you. I don't discount okay. what you say. Bullet, bullet. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, Howie on Jalen Hurts eligible to sign a contract extension for the first time in his career. Howie quote: We want to keep our best players for the long term, and he's certainly one of our best players. We want to keep Jalen Hurts here long term. This is everybody knows what this is. I mean, he, he says that up all his best players, you know, yeah. and he does it right. And he does it. He does. The Eagles usually get this done, uh, and they get it done generally very quickly. Um, that's for sure. So, and, uh, and I will, and I will also add, Howie has done. Say what you want to say about him, inconsistencies, except for the last two years, in 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 getting the right players. There's one thing he has always been consistent about. When he comes out and says that every year about keeping our best players, there's always a big announcement about somebody getting signed. He understands the market value. They will be taken care of. Howie has already figured this out before the season no is over in terms of what they're going to have to pay Jalen and how it's going to have the trickle-down effect on the rest of this team. Those mm-hmm. numbers have already been crunched. It, yeah. and this, this, this didn't start the day after the Super Bowl. For those out there thinking Howie's just now – Reanalyzing this. No, you know anything about Howie Roseman? Howie Roseman starts his process in August for the next year. Yeah. Well, you know he he started this back when, back when he saw he probably started back when he saw uh, the Minnesota game and how Jalen Hurts threw for three hundred thirty three yards. He's like, yo, we got to keep him. He probably started right then as far as mm. getting um, guys ready, getting that contract ready, and negotiating yeah. with his agent, all that type. Absolutely. Of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, look, we'll see. And I'm sure, you know, it, I, I, they have to do it relatively quickly to figure out everything else, uh, you would think. And I, I understand, like, how he's got everything, you know, aligned and allotted and all that. But there's there's no there's no guarantee what someone's going to ask for. They may surprise you, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. So that, mm-hmm. that's the part that's going to be, you know, tough to gauge as much as you do your homework and look ahead to these kind of things. So, um no surprises really there in terms of the the, the Jalen and the contract. I guess the surprise part. I would be. I'm surprised. You know, until you, you know, what you showed us, Gunner. I'm surprised that Clay's going to be back. I thought they'd make that change. I think you're certainly going to see a different yeah. punter, but we'll see. Um, maybe we'll Nick Sirianni's loyal to a fault. You know, we, that's a question we need to look at. Maybe we've that, that before though. We've discussed that before. Well, true, but you know, when it comes to this particular coach. I think as we see it now, since he's come out and said it, he will return. This is something we definitely have to revisit throughout next season. Because you know what? He's got to realize there were a number of mistakes, a number of flaws in his overall special teams uh, play. Yeah, it wasn't just that punt return in the, in the no, Super Bowl. There was a lot no. more to that. To, but there the was a stretch team. where it was it was pretty effective across the board. It was a stretch. Uh, where it was except better. for the punt return, five games, man. Five I'd say games. better, I Derek, a stretch. Derek, better, not effective. Okay, I, that's what I said. It was better, which means it was effective. They weren't better. not always yard. good enough, though. Well, but it was better than what it was. It could have been. It could have gotten worse instead of better. It didn't get worse. I guess it got. You you said it yourself. Now it was better compared to where it was. It was better. I'm not saying it was effective. It was better, and it wasn't a glaring weakness over what Mr. Brooks said, five games. Yeah. And um, then it reared his ugly head again. Nick on Brian Johnson. He's done Rob a really good job. Listen to me today. 
You, you just don't want to hear me today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, Brian Johnson's done a really good job of helping Jalen Hurts become a better quarterback. He says Brian has been involved in the scheme, especially during the week to week trying to game plan against defenses. This is a this is a home run. I mean, this is a this is this is done unless Brian Johnson asks for like uh, you know for, uh, Jalen Hurts money to be the offensive coordinator. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. That part's go. done. Yeah, there you we'll, go. We'll see what ends. And up I don't know if that's a bad move or not. I really don't. Until somebody's in there doing it, it's hard to know. You know, he's right, got a great right, exactly. He's got a great support system with Sirianni. Um, he's got a great offensive line coach. He's got a quarterback. He's got receivers. He's got a tight end. He's got most of the offensive line. He, you know, he's stepping into a nice spot. And the most important factor, he's got a long history with Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts family. Yep. Long, he, he knew he's known to do since he was four years old. Yes. Okay. And, and as a play caller, he's called, he played, he, he called plays for, you know, when he was at the University of Florida for Kyle Trask, who's a drop back quarterback, like I said. Then, you know, Richardson, uh, Jones, both of those right. guys were dual threat quarterbacks. He called plays for them. So he's very versed in uh, optimizing whatever talent he has at the quarterback position. So mm-hmm. I, it, it could be a great match made in heaven going forward all right i like it all right Stu, i'm gonna throw this at you the couple uh a couple notes here uh one this is awesome michael jordan's donating 10 million dollars to make a wish foundation that's great man. that's awesome. i mean phenomenal awesome. right i mean just incredible and i don't care how much money michael because people always come out oh, he has all the money 10 million dollars man think about what they could that can do for families if you're not familiar with make a wish that's right terminally terminally ill children get to live out something a that dream. is their dream. It, yep. Kid wants to go to Disney World. Kid kid wants to go to a Super Bowl. I, I don't know, whatever they're into. Uh they want to go see visit New York City or the, you know whatever. And, and and that's what Make a Wish does. And it takes care of them and it brings the <clears> family <throat> along. And that kid for at least a couple days gets to yep. not think about what they're going through, man. So it's an awesome that's, foundation. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Good for him. You yeah. know right I mean I mean imagine he could have gave you like Maybe half of that D gun to go to D gun and go back to California, the West Coast. I'm taking I'm taking one million and lived a very luxurious <laughs> life. I, I I you know I ain't greedy. You know I just want a little bit. That's all. You know I've been trying to get people to donate for at least ten years now. And I'm sorry I keep telling you no, man. I'm sorry. You ain't the only one. Everybody you worked with D gun. You ain't you ain't going nowhere. D gun. We got to be here. You got to be here, man. Nobody, Nobody will help me out, man. And y'all call me. Y'all supposed to be my friends, and nobody help me out. See, it, you know, I even asked Jacob Jacob Sports Media, "Can you help a brother out?" They looked at me like I was crazy. Like you ain't going nowhere, man. Like, oh my wow. god, that, that's cold blooded, man. Yeah, you know? I hear you. Uh, but anyway, nice job out of Michael Jordan. His, he actually, well, we'll do a little birthday spoiler for tomorrow. He turns sixty tomorrow, so MJ yeah. uh, doing a great thing on his on right, right before his birthday. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mazzola has been named the head coach of the Boston Celtics. It's official. There's no interim tag on him anymore, and they extended him. This was another one that it felt like a no-brainer. That the guy from the jump has shown that he's he's qualified to be able to do this. Absolutely, thing. he's got them guys playing at yeah. a high level, man. Yeah, and they defend. His, his second team is better than a lot of first teams. And there's, they, you're right. The other thing is he's doing that. Like right now, they're really shorthanded, and they're in every yes. game or they're winning games. He, he's. He's really doing a nice job, man. And they uh, still have the best record in the NBA. Jeez. I know. I know. I know. It's unbelievable. All right. Let's do some birthdays now. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, actress, 
is 34 years old today. She's the mm. sister of Mary Kate and the other one, the twins that were on Full House. Um, the weekend is 33 years old today. If you're ever feeling down and you just want to pick me up, put on the weekends, I can't feel my face. Yes. If that song don't get you jumping, I don't know what will. Absolutely. I can't stand that song. Oh, what? What? I cannot stand that song at all. That's almost that's almost a dude. The, dude, the beat alone. That's, that's the beat alone. You know what? The beat alone will make you <coughs> make your knees freeze, your back crack, and your liver quiver. <laughs> that song uh, right there puts you in the right mood, man. Just to beat the bass beat alone. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I just. I'm not. I'm not a fan, man. I'm just not. You ain't a got fan. no soul, man. You ain't got no soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. So uh, beyond that. <laughs> Ice T is 65 today. Yeah. Uh, yes. Ice T. Original gangster. Right. Colors. Yeah. Uh, but he was, uh, you know, he's, and, and he's been on the uh, Law and Order SVU now, I think, the whole time it's been on. Or like, close yeah. To, 20 like some 40, years. 40 years. In 40 years. Yeah. It feels like that. But uh, incredible run for him, uh, you know, both crossover as an actor and a, and a rapper, et cetera. So uh, Ice T, 65. Um I still mess up his name. Uh, Maharshala Ali, Ali is yeah. 49 today. I, I had trouble with the first name, but he is 49. Excellent actor, man. Phenomenal actor. Uh, been in a lot of stuff. Everything he's in, he's good in. Um, yep, yep, he's, won yep. two, he's won two Academy Awards. Shoot. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, the guy's unbelievable. He's in so, House of Cards. Good in House of Cards, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah he's good in everything. He really Moonlight, is. Moonlight, the green, uh, green Book, all that stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, Sonny Bono of Sonny and Cher fame uh, was born on this day in 1935. Oh, passed away uh, a long time ago. Uh, LeVar Burton is 66 today. LeVar Burton, roots, uh, roots, uh, yeah, a lot of reading uh, rainbow, ready, yeah. yeah, that was the other one. He was he's, Star he was, Trek, he was Commander LaForge. You know what else he played? <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, and this is old school, but he played, uh, do you remember the baseball player Ron LaFleur? Yes. Who who went to jail and, and, and Billy Martin discovered him in, in jail and yep. he ended up having a major league career. In the TV movie, he played Ron LaFleur. There you go. Little known fact. <laughs> Only you, Rob. Only I know. You, Rob. <laughs> Sickness. Uh, John McEnroe, 64 years old. Tennis great. Uh, mm -hmm. Turned analyst. Uh, oh, uh, William the person I know have a The only have, the person I know have a worse attitude than D-Gun. That's right. That's right. What? Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Choked him up. Choked him up. Uh, yes, yeah, so going with that, you got it. William Crap, man. I love William Crap. Greatest American hero. Um so very uh, underrated show, bro. Very, very 80s. Yes. Yeah, very very 80s. 80s, yes. Uh Lupe Fiasco is 41 today. Lupe. Lupe. Barrett's guy, the bus. Yeah. Is, is 51. Yes. Yep. Bussy, as you call him, is 51 yep. today. James Ingram, the great singer, yep. is 71 years today. 71 Ooh. years old today. Yep. Uh, oh, he was awesome. He was another 80s. He was he used to do the, the national anthem for Lakers games all the time. He grew up in Englewood, I think, uh, right where the Lake where the forum was back in the day. Uh, it's a shame he passed away four years ago. Wow. Oh, did he pass? I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh Hugh Beaumont, who played the dad on Leave It to Beaver, was born on this day. Ward Cleaver. Ward Cleaver. Um and our old friend Brett Brown. Brett Brown is sixty-two right. years young today. That's right. Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Uh, that's all I got. Birthdays. What do you guys have? 
Um, I got um, Christopher. I don't know how you say his last name. Eccleston. Eccleston. Okay. I played a Gone in 60 Seconds. He plays that that bad guy from like from uh, that's uh he has that that um Irish accent. Yeah, I know the he guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. He's uh 59. Okay. And then uh YFN Lucci, 32, a rapper. Who? Okay. Yeah, Lucci. Who? Heard him. Yeah, <laughs> my kids know about him. So I okay. Know. I hear his name. All right, Gunner. Oh, I'm, then I'm oh, spent. You still have more? You got more? No, I'm spent. No, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I got one more, one more, one more. All right. What? One of my ex-teammates when I was playing with Green Bay, your boy, Amon Green. That's right, yeah. baby. Amon Green. Okay. Yeah, okay. From Nebraska. He's right. 46 today. Gunner, you we have got, any? Uh, John McEnroe, 64. Yeah, we said that one. Yep. You, oh, you did say that one. I'm yes, sorry. Yep, yep. Uh, ten, uh, Ken Takakura, um, great uh, Japanese actor who played in the movie Black Rain with Michael Douglas. I love that That's movie. right. That's uh, a, yeah. Yeah. It was him. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know he passed away in 2014. Jeez. I didn't wow. either. Uh, Amanda Holden is 52. Margot Hemingway. Think about uh, that. Yeah. Um, she, she's uh, passed away. And she died in 1996. She she was 42 years old when she passed away. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite, you're not going to believe this because I spent so much time doing weather. My kids always say, you know what, dad, you should have been a meteorologist instead of sportscaster. Cause I'm always giving my family weather updates. Jim Cantori from the weather channel. I he's love excellent. that dude. Yeah. He's, I he's love that dude. That dude's money. They, and they had, they put him in the worst places, man. Yes. Dad. man I my my man is standing there in a tornado and yes. a hurricane and yeah, hanging onto a pole. You ain't yeah. gonna see no, you don't see no brothers doing that. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Trapuca. 64. <laughs> uh, former NBA player Brent, yeah. uh, Herb Williams, yep. 64, played 18 seasons in Pacers. the NBA. Long time yeah. Pacers. First yep. round pick of the Pacers. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Bullock, who played the Star Wars franchise, 75. Yep. Uh, Brian Bedford, played Frazier in Cheers, 80 years old. Uh, Vera Allen, who way back in the day, uh, if you remember the movie White Christmas, the old black and white movie with Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, um, she passed away in 1981. Okay. Uh, who's my last? Oh, John Schlesinger, uh, who played in uh, Pacific Heights and Midnight Cowboy, 97. Oh, man. And that's it. I'm all caught up. All right. All right. Uh, movies. Uh, Black Panther, 2018. Yes. Classic. Chadwick Boseman, RIP. Um, Happy Gilmore, 1996. <laughs> Love that one. Uh, get in the was, ball. Get, yeah. get in the whole ball. Get in the whole. <laughs> it was Shooter McGavin's birthday yesterday. So he was. Right. Uh, yep. Yep. Those two. There wasn't a lot else. You guys got other ones? That was uh, slim pickings on the movies. He got Ghost Rider, came out in 2007. Cider. Yeah. Cider. And Cider. Barrett's all time favorite movie came out in 1996. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I'm not um, respond to that, man. I'm not even going to respond to that. Yeah, man. don't even. No. Let, let me give you. Let me give you how how Nick Sirianni describes the Super Bowl and getting as close as they got. We slipped trying to put our flag on the mountain on top of the mountain. So oh, great, uh, great. That's comment. a good analogy. That's a that's yeah, a good great. He also said that um, extending Jalen won't be affected by the way it went sideways with with Wentz, which is the right uh, thing. You can't let that. No, you can't impact this this is it's two separate you, you cannot two guys who were who were built very differently right here way uh, differently so um yeah which I, i'm i'm glad actually um <coughs> that Sirianni's not gonna be calling plays and it's not any diss on him i just like my head coach to be able to 
you know, delegate and deal with other stuff. You know, that's for sure. I agree. I agree. And not, and not every team has a play call. A lot of head coaches, offensive-minded coaches, like and Andy Reid, they want to call the plays, plain and yeah. simple. Yeah, you know? no and That's understandable, especially oh. if you're like Sean McVay and Andy Reid successful at doing it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you, you that's the thing. You, you know, you worry also just – I think he just had a good feel for how good Steichen was and that what he needed to do. Yep. And I yep. think he's comfortable now in that role as the yep. supervisor and, you know, and the guy who so, kind of runs everything. If that's the case, I, I I can't see them bringing in anybody. Um, really, for the outside. No, I mean, if you're comfortable, because if you he'd have to he'd have to go out and get reacquainted with somebody. I don't think he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. So of course he's going to hire then <clears throat> for um, for the offensive coordinator job. Yeah, right, it makes sense. It does. Um, so we'll see what end up when how everything plays itself out. It sounds like. They're going to move on at least the, the OC pretty quickly, but I, you know, we don't know at this point exactly what's going to happen here. And, and the I, I, if they're looking at outside candidates for the defense, it's definitely going to take a little bit longer. That's for sure. All right, so we got to run, we got to run, but we're back tomorrow at the same time. So tomorrow we're going to have Ray Didinger. That's this was one of my fun shows ever. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? Today yeah. was. Yeah, you oh, enjoyed today. just just <clears throat> through casting the reel, and yes. I I. I was like the yeah you guys fished very well today you fished yeah very well today. the way you've been attacking me lately and, and getting a little sneak you know the Fair. back door Fair. back door sneak shots on me turn about I enjoyed this. Play. Yeah. yes I enjoyed this immensely today I, I must I know add. you did a little too much but that's okay. right 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 yes you destroyed today bro you, yeah you, you did you were, you were on fire today bro. <laughs> you Darius slated um, yeah. right. no 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 I missed my coverage no, I ain't missed any coverage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. want to thank uh, Xander, uh, as always, and everybody in the chat section, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Don't go anywhere. You have three hours coming up of the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. We'll see you guys at the same time tomorrow. For Derek, for Barrett, I'm Rob. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you at noon Eastern tomorrow. Sports Day. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.